0: Hey, when does the show start? Wait a minute.
1: (gasps) First, let's hear from our sponsors.
0: Oh, okay. In just a minute.
2: Manny Aurora, the Aurora Law Firm, or as many of you now know him as Mad Dog Manny Aurora, when he stops into the Golden Scissors studio, he is the best when it comes to criminal law. If you got any troubles and you need somebody, reach out to the Aurora Law Firm. The Aurora law Firm.com, All right. Located in Atlanta, Georgia, but practices nationwide. Now, if you got a question for Manny, when he pops into the golden scissor studio, you can call our hotline at 404-369-3825 or shoot us a message from our website, podcastthebs.com. Everybody needs a friend. Everybody needs an ear, and that's why Dr. David Markwell and Ridgeline Counseling are the best at what they do. Ten different therapists who work with Dr. David Markwell at Ridgeline Counseling. If you're in the Georgia area, East Cobb, Marietta, near the square in McKaysville, right outside of Blue Ridge. And they assist with a wide variety of behavioral health issues like anxiety, depression, relationship issues, parenting issues, trauma, substance use issues, etc., offering virtual sessions if you can't get to the georgia stops the website markwelltherapy.com again markwelltherapy.com fall is right around the corner and the leaves will begin to well fall nobody likes the hassle of cleaning out those gutters That's where Inspect-All Pest Services comes in. They do gutter cleaning, gutter toppers to keep those gutters clean year-round, and full gutter replacement. In addition to gutters, they also do pressure washing to keep your house and driveway looking brand new. Inspect-All Pest Services. Call them today. 770-483-2420. 770-483-2420. Mention the BS. Receive 10% off your gutter or pressure washing needs. The BS presents... 2% to take over. Ah!
0: This is going to be fun. Yeah. The takeover.
3: break yeah. so much.
1: Hey guys, and welcome to the Wannabes. This is what? a podcast... What's Wannabes?
4: <clears throat> what the that, fuck that's is
1: That's about? us. I mean, they asked us to host a podcast, and I've always wanted to have a podcast. Oh, so
4: that's the name you came up with.
1: I guess that's just a wannabe title, but... Did you plan that? Of course not. What are you talking oh about? We're just Jesus. riffing, dude. We're, we're, Fuck. I'm riffing out here, you know? I'm reading text over here. is going to be a no long scripts. one, boys. There's no scripts. Right. <laughs> Anyways, guys, I'm Aunt Johnny, and this here is my supportive buddy, Andrew. And I'll explain exactly how he's involved with this here in a second. Let's get to our favorite episode, which you guys asked us to talk about, which was The BS, number 58. So this was the beginning of a near fight to the death between some of us listeners, and I'm not sure if all of you guys are familiar with this story, but there was some listener. His name was Travis. I don't think that's even his actual real name. But he was posting spoilers to the show, the TV show Ozark, on our beloved Facebook group, the bs 2 Peers. And my girlfriend and I had been watching the show. We were about to watch the last episode the very next day. And I saw this. I'm like, dude, if this comes real, I told her, because we started watching the next day. I'm like, if this becomes real, like what he said is actually a spoiler, I'm going to be pissed. Boom! Thirty minutes later, we watched the last thing. It happened. I went. I busted out on my porch, dude. I was so angry. I just recorded this little audio on my phone, basically like challenging Travis to a fight. You name the time.
4: You name the. I place. was interested if you were actually pissed about that because when you first texted me, I was like, "Okay, well, are you just playing it up to like you know go along with it?" I was so pissed, dude. It literally mad. all this stuff just happened in the moment. Like, I'm gonna record something.
1: Maybe I'll send it in. Maybe they'll play it. And they actually played this thing on the show. It was crazy. So, it, like I said, it was episode 58. It was probably, it was, it was around one hour, I wrote it down here. 39 minutes and about 30 seconds where this whole thing starts. And they play my audio on there. Me challenging Travis to this huge fight over this TV show, which sounds like it's not a big deal, but for me it was. Like, I've been watching this show for like three years. And sure enough, like a couple weeks later, Travis sent in his response and once again it was played on the show, that was episode 66, starts at 36 minutes, 30 seconds. This good old boy did not back down, and he agreed to our little, you know, fight in his own style, it was pretty funny. So, I got him to agree to this fight, right, and thanks to Jason and Nate, they had, like, agreed that we would just wear some blow-up sumo wrestler costumes, so nobody would actually get hurt, obviously, we don't want to really, truly fuck each other up, although I was down for whatever, you know. The next hurdle was like, where are we gonna do this? And they had, you know, the show had had some event coming up at that time called Podcast and Pores 2. Gonna be hosted at a bar, and I called them up, like, let's do this, can we do this fight outside of your bar, you know, part of the show. And they weren't really down into hosting this like UFC fight, you know, I thought it would help numbers go up or in a crowd or whatever, but they didn't seem that interested. So it's like, well, I'll just do it in a parking lot, maybe like behind a Kroger down there or something. You know, if the manager comes out, the worst thing we can do... I mean, we probably already fought, like, five minutes before the manager comes out, so we're out of there, you know? And I was like, well, we could at least have it recorded, so...
4: I just love that you're talking like you're Dustin Poirier. Like, dude, like... <laughs> <laughs> like, you're gonna fucking fight, dude. Like, Let's go, man. I mean, we got uh, this far. It's so on the show. Funny.
1: Me and him, we're both interested. It's gonna happen. So, this is
4: con- the sheer confidence... It's coming from ignorance, folks. This is not... <laughs> is not true. It's, it's bravery. Should not be respecting it. It's bravery. That's what it is. And dedication to my belief. So
1: I, I gotten the clues too to agree to like come out and do their little podcast on it. They would record it, include it in their thing. But at this time Travis kinda stopped responding to my messages. I guess he wasn't too interested in this little fight in the back lot of a dimly lit Kroger. So I mean I guess I kinda understand that, but whatever. You spoiled and now you're backing out. Come on, man. Like let's let's be real here. So After he didn't respond anymore, I had to come up with a better plan. This is where Andrew, my buddy here, started helping me. I made this petition against spoiling. Like, just printed it up, wrote it my own thing, and started going out to, like, the people here where we live, here in Chattanooga, trying to get them to sway us, to, like, help them support our cause. See See what people out here in the streets really thought about it. And we made a video. Andrew here helped me uh, film it. He actually filmed me doing all the interactions and everything. Mm-hmm. He thought it was a little interesting, but he was down for it and went along with it. I appreciate that.
4: Yeah, we took, took a lot of beer. Yeah, yeah, we had
1: some interesting responses, but like I eventually got almost 13 signatures. and I went to the courthouse, man. like let's turn this into law. They were closed that day, but I just left it on the steps. And like they're, you know, they'll contact me soon. Here, I'm sure. I've been checking my mailbox. I haven't really seen anything. Uh, I mean, this this video was 100 percent real. We didn't have any actors. We didn't have anything. Like we paid nobody. Our budget was pretty tight. It was just the cost of the paper and the ink. which- You bought
4: the beer, so I mean, technically, I was paid. I don't, wanna, I don't want to. I want you to think I did this out of love.
1: You know, I, mean, I was going to say. I mean,
4: the cost of the ink and the paper is like a good draft beer. So we definitely
1: sacrifice. You know what I mean? Like, I mean, I never heard anything about this video on the podcast, so I guess it wasn't as interesting as the fight, and I guess I forgot to put, you know, the show emblem at the end, but what can you do, right? The video is on the show page if you guys have not seen her and want to look at it. And like I said, I mean, so far we haven't heard back anything from the government, but I've been checking my mailbox every day, I haven't seen shit. Like, I don't know who we're electing out here, guys, but it's it's... Is cringe, man. It's definitely cringe. I thought it was going to be a soon. Like, I was by my phone every day. I can't believe waiting. the news
4: teams weren't outside of your house, you know? I, exactly.
1: I have no idea. I thought this
4: would be on the headlines.
1: I guess. I mean, I'm just thinking now. I guess I didn't even leave my number on the paper, so I don't know how they would... Nah, yeah, they, I'm sure they would figure it out, you know? I mean, they have. I think they have security cameras there, right? This is uh, such an important cops, problem. The huh? cops use facial recognition to figure out who culprits are, so if they really cared, they're going to you know, digitize my face and find my ID and come to my All house. Right, well this and...
4: isn't China, so let's just. Okay.
1: <laughs> Thankfully, but I guess it also has its drawbacks, right? They probably don't even know how to contact me. This is the greatest idea. We don't even know who this guy is.
0: <coughs> it's time, ladies and gentlemen. After all these years in the radio business, Jason Bailey is finally unfiltered.
5: I don't know what you want.
0: With his bestest buddy and producer all the way from Mexico, it's Nate, dude.
5: Dude.
0: Sit back, enjoy. Here is the podcast that is all about intellectually immature nonsense.
6: I have a very particular set of skills.
0: You will love it. Why? Because I'm Jason's neighbor I'm old man Kevin <laughs> And by God This is the BS
2: yeah, There it is Episode 58 of the BS Thanks for being here My name is Jason Bailey In the Golden Sizz In studio Beautiful Roswell, Georgia All sponsored by Stockton Mortgage Dave Flashner is waiting for you He's like waiting all week for you Looking for a uh, home loan Refinance He's your guy 561 951 0984. 561 951 0984. Or Stockton.com slash Dave Flashner. When you close your home loan purchase or refinance with Stockton Mortgage, you'll be automatically entered into a mortgage free sweepstakes. One prize winner will be chosen to have Stockton Mortgage cover their monthly mortgage payment up to $2,500 per month in 2023. Hot market out there. You need a loan. Unless you got deep pockets or you just refinance, take uh, some of that equity out. Do it with Stockton Mortgage and Dave Flashner and be entered in that sweepstakes. Possibly not paying your mortgage payment all next year. You can't beat it. There's Nader Taters in Mexico. Nate, how are you, buddy?
5: Doing good. Buenos dias. Hola. How
2: are you guys? Buenos dias. Oh, I got my Mexico shirt on today. Oh, well, I don't know. I'm in a sweat. It's a little
3: chilly. I was about morning. to watch how you was gonna try to pull that down. Yeah, so I got this <laughs> Nike shirt. Uh,
2: now it's the first time we were in Playa del Carmen, and I, Rach, I told her not to buy me anything because I hate. I'm such a t-shirt snob. Like it has to be a specific fit. You know, because it's just I don't want it too tight on my arms. Definitely don't want it tight on my gut. I like it a little loose fitting, but not too baggy. And it has to be that breathable, stretchy kind of material. And all those T-shirts that you buy, like for the touristy stuff down in Playa del Carmen, is is not the. They're not horrible. I'll I'll give them that, but they're not the best of T-shirts. I could never like the concert tees. Now they've gotten a lot better over the years. Uh, last couple T-shirts I got concert T-wise, Bush, great T-shirt, um, uh, the Verve Pipe, great T-shirt, Tiffany, great T-shirts. So the the, the concert tees are getting better. I was never the guy that could pull off the cheap T-shirts. Like Brandon Nate would be the guy that could easily wear the cheap T-shirts. It doesn't look good from us but he feels comfortable in it because that's what kind of guy he is you know what i mean
5: yeah like he might wear it to to work like out on a job or something but i'm the same way i can't wear those either because they're so weird where like the seam for the the arm should be on your shoulder but it's like halfway down your arm and then the the sleeve is like too big and it, it's just cut weird. Um, so I know what you're talking about. It's usually those cheap t-shirts like if you go to like Panama City and it's like 14 shirts for $3 those are going to be those shirts.
2: Yeah, The Radio used to be really they probably still are. I don't know. <laughs> Last radio station I worked at we never had t-shirts so I couldn't tell you. Um, but radio used to be really bad. They would buy the cheapest t-shirts and just give them out. And one of the guys that I've worked for in my career who is I think, one of the most brilliant minds in the business. Definitely when it comes to marketing, uh, Rick, let's call him Rick, and he's smart. He's always been smart. He's like, well, I'm going to spend the money to get the nicer shirts because that's the point. We want people to wear them and I want to make them look cool. You know, how do you make a radio station t-shirt look cool that's not vintage, uh, John Cusack in, um, in, uh, 16 candles was wearing a loop t-shirt, the heritage rock station, which they just brought back to life, uh, from our former company that we worked for. It looked cool on him 20 years later, but at the time he was a nerd on the, on the, he was playing a nerd. So he's wearing a radio station t-shirt cause that was kind of the image. Anyway, there's Brandon in the bunker studios, noon in Georgia. Hello there, Brandon.
7: It is. I, hello, Nothing, As you can see, it is me. Nothing
2: after that. Just this is, this is I. It is I. Brandon uh-huh. is my golden locks. Uh, and then Nikki <laughs> D joining us this week. It's good to have Nikki D from the Not Your Typical Tea podcast, which we release on the BS Networks on Thursdays. Her and Maddie yeah. in the studio. She's here for one reason and one reason only.
3: Because I have questions. I had so many questions, so many things I wanted to say, so many inputs I had from the story about your brother, and I was like, I have to come in here. We have to talk about this thing.
2: All right, we will. I want to first see how (laughs) Nate is doing. That's more important, Nate's hands. As we've all learned, about a week ago, Nate had an odd accident in Mexico while he was away on uh, vacation in Mexico? Um, I was at a wedding. Yeah, but you weren't home in Mexico, which is not really your home, but it is your home. Very weird. I don't know the lingo to use with you. Anyway, you, yeah. you were at a wedding in Mexico. Yeah. Yeah. You were at a wedding, and you fell upstairs. You were rushing. You fell upstairs, concrete stairs, and you caught yourself with your fingers, all 10 of them, and they bent all the way back, and you've been yeah. in a cast for the last week or so, and you're now out of the cast feeling good.
5: Yeah, uh, I'm I'm pretty good. I'm uh, I don't know, like maybe like eighty percent. The casts are off, but it doesn't make things stop hurting. Like I started, I was getting too uh, crazy, and my hand started hurting again the other day. And my wife lexis is just like, "You're doing too much. You gotta just because you don't have the casts on anymore doesn't mean you can do handstands." Um, so I'm taking I'm taking it slow because I did hurt him again a little bit when I when I first got it off. What'd you do? I, I don't know. I guess I was just doing like moving around because I I can't I don't have full motion yet. I got to go, I'm going to physical therapy, Um, but I can't make like full fists yet. I can't close my hands all the way. It's still sore and tight. And I have like needles. It feels like needles in my fingers. So um I was just doing too much. And then they just started stinging really bad. And I couldn't like hold any weight. And if I it was weird, like if I put them in water, Um, they, it's just, it's like, they're on fire. Like every little nerve ending is just firing off and it just hurts really bad. So, um, so I'm getting there. Um, it's better than it, than it was before. It's, it's nice to have the cast off.
2: What is the one thing that you couldn't do with your hands that drove you insane?
5: Eat like just, we'd be sitting at the kitchen counter or kitchen table and, and, you know, bless my wife. She's been doing literally every dressing me. Uh, brushing my teeth, combing my hair, uh, feeding me, just opening the door. Like when I go to the bathroom, I have to like knock on the door to have her let me out because I can't turn the door handle with my my cast on. <laughs> but when we'd be eating dinner, and uh, she was fe- she'd be feeding me, and so she'd be sitting next to me, and you know she would you know give me a bite, and then she'd take a couple of bites. And we'd be watching TV, and then she would forget. <laughs> Because that's not a normal thing you do is feed your 38-year-old husband. But he's starving. Uh-huh. I'm sitting
2: there. I can't yeah. use my hands.
5: Feed me, please. So I'm just sitting there just looking at the food like, oh, I want to eat this so bad. But I didn't want to be, you know, she's already helping me out. So I didn't want to be like, another bite, m'lady. You know, like shovel this into my mouth. Why, why, didn't, uh, you, why didn't
2: you do, do food that you could eat like a dog? You know, just chop, have her just chop up all the meat and you could just eat like a dog.
5: We tried to do like bite size like we did like chicken nuggets and we did uh sushi rolls and things like like small things, but there wasn't anything I could really eat um well without without my hands. So I did bite-sized kind of things.
2: Are you able to wash your balls now? Yeah.
5: Okay. At least I could wash them well. Before I was doing the shower thing right. and then um then I kinda came up with this way. And you might want to put your earmuffs on. But I would just put, like, a wad of toilet paper at the top of my crack. And then with my thumb, I could just swipe the toilet
2: paper down.
5: Okay. And, uh, yeah. <laughs> All right. So yeah. I, I've, I figured out a way.
2: Okay. A little too graphic. Thank you. I appreciate that. <laughs> <laughs> is that funny to you guys? <laughs> How is that funny to a lady? Like, that's. <laughs> well, How I didn't say, like. The,
5: I didn't talk about poop or anything. I was just talking about the, the mechanics of it. Yeah. Figured it out. Okay.
2: Well, I felt Brothers bad for require it. solutions. I still, I still feel bad for it. That's a horrible, horrible injury. And thank there's a you. Lot-
5: Thank you. Uh, I, and I wanted to thank you for picking up the slack while I was unable to edit or do anything like that. So thank you for for helping out. I appreciate
2: that. Don't ever do it again. Because I, what you do for this podcast, I might be able to do, but I don't want to do it. So I'm telling everybody right now: the day Nate says he no longer wants to do this podcast, we're not doing it anymore. <laughs> just, not, I just that's what's going to happen. And without going to, to, to back behind the scenes details that'll bore the shit out of you, I don't want to do it. Like, good for you for doing the stuff that you do, but I, you. I appreciate you even more now for what you do. So I'm glad I, I no longer have to have to do it um but that's good i'm glad you know and, and, I, and I think that the 2%ers i saw a, a a thread of apologies for all the hand jokes because <laughs> yeah. y- and then you addressed them and said look i'm not mad i'm just pointing out that it's weird that you can have any other injury and nobody's going to make a joke but you have two casts on your hands and everybody thinks it's open season to make hand jokes like what the fuck <laughs> <laughs>
5: Yeah. And well, the funny thing was, is that when we had recorded that episode, I was just talking about my friends and family, like personally texting Alexis and stuff, making jokes. But apparently, somebody told people to make jokes at, at my expense about my hands. <laughs> so it was kind of funny. They, <laughs> felt, they felt bad about it. I was like, I wasn't even talking about you guys. But Nikki? Was, mm-hmm.
2: You listen to that Thursday podcast, not your typical tea. I think the whole thing was hand jokes. Mm-hmm.
3: Uh, no, you won't hear it, actually. Mm-hmm. But Nikki was the first person to be able appalled by a hand joke actually for Nate From, from you for me yeah when you told me what happened to Nate and you're like yeah text him and ask him if he needs a hand with anything I'm like, really? I did not That's do
2: whack. that. That's so
3: whack. I'm not doing I,
2: that. Y- you know what I've learned in the past week and a half, two weeks? I've learned that lying is cool after watching Ozarks. Or the <laughs> Ozark. Ozark. Just Ozark. Sorry, it's like Kroger's. Kro- Ozark. So I'm going to start lying more just because of how Marty and Wendy Bird lie. Uh, I did not say that Nate even though oh, I can't do that I did say it I'm sorry
5: <laughs> No it's fine like I said it, it didn't offend me whatsoever they were they were very funny I just thought it, it, I was just observing it was interesting that for some reason hand you, or if your hands are incapacitated it's like open range for everybody to fucking make fun of you and it would be like in the same breath of oh I'm so sorry I hope you recover well Hands down the best producer in Atlanta. I was like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> it's like what the
2: fuck? <laughs> I told you it's because people care and they love you. That's why they were saying those things. And you know, with the internet, everybody's a comedian.
5: Yeah. That's yeah. But they- it was okay. It was funny, but yeah, I wasn't even talking about y'all at the time. So I was prepared for it.
2: And, and let me say this too. Uh, because I was doing your job, which part of that is editing, which we don't have much to edit, really. I mean, what we say is, that's how damn good we are, you know, unless there's like a technical issue or something like that. And the same goes for Nikki D. I mean, she's a pro. But I was listening to, I think this would have been last, thir- no, last not Thursday, not this past, but the Thursday before uh, the episode. And they were saying, you know, she was saying how sorry she is and how much she cares for. She and all these nice things about you. And I text her and I said, I'm sorry, this is good stuff. It really is. Cause it was like maybe about 15 minutes long. I said, but I got to edit it out because in the, in, in the world that we can't come from with teasing, you know, I even made Nate's wife take down her post. Cause it was like, we're waiting till Friday to let everybody know. So we're hoping that the big tease people will listen on Friday. Like you can't put it in there. I should have told you that that's my fault. So. You can do it again. The, lot, oh. the lost tapes.
3: Yeah, the lost the, files. The, the
2: lost <laughs> files.
3: You're well now, Nate, so yeah, yeah, it's cool. good. All I right. wish yeah. you well.
2: Thank you. Uh, this episode of The BS presented by Mac Development Group, looking to build your dream cabin or mountain home in western North Carolina. If so, get a hold of Mac Development Group and let them be your one-stop shop. They're currently booking for full-time builds. Their team handles everything for you from your land acquisition and designing to the general contracting and building. Great people there. A lot of value in those mountain homes and those cabins in uh western North Carolina. I know that for a fact with my cabin up in North Georgia. Macdevelopment.com, M A C K Development.com, MacDevelopment.com uh, to inquire. All right, Nikki D, what are your questions?
3: So my first question I had when I listened to the story was when your mother wrote the letter, like basically telling everybody who you was, what were their reactions? Like, why did he wait this long to reach out to you and say, I know who you are?
2: All right. So I I don't know when this was, but uh, I guess what? Last Friday? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I guess it was last Friday. Yeah. Uh, I let everybody know that my biological half brother for the first time He and I talked on the phone Mm -hmm. and I've been friends with him on Facebook. This is my biological father's son in which I have two other sisters and I've been friends with my biological brother from my father's side for years on Facebook uh, and I just figured he didn't know me and occasionally I'd like a picture here and there, but the other week, I liked to picture he was at a game with his wife, our father, which is way cool or way weird to say, I should say. Uh, and his mother, very dysfunctional situation going on here. And he reaches out to me. He's like, you got time to talk. I'm behind the windshield for a little bit, he said, which is so cool. So I was like, yeah. So we talked for an hour and a half and it was the best phone call of my life. I've never felt so good. And that might be the only time we talk ever. I mean, we've we've talked since then via text. Yeah. He's still... Talking with his family about me and telling him that we talked and where Uh we want to go from here. Um, I have not gotten an update on that yet. Probably next week I'll have more information if you guys are following the story. Uh, So, when I told this story, Nate was out because of his hand situation. So, it was just me and Brandon. And I guess, I mean, it's not a shocker, but Brandon just sat there, you know, he didn't
3: say anything.
2: (laughs) I was just in such
7: shock. I was like, oh, my God, what if I got a half-brother out there somewhere? <laughs> he didn't
3: say anything. It was driving me insane. I was like, Brandon, ask this, say that. And I was just like,
2: oh. And you can't text them because it's not live.
3: It's not live.
2: So your question is is, is what? That, what it,
3: like what were their initial reactions when your mom wrote the letter? Because you know your mom's good at writing these long old seven-page letters to people. So they had to have a reaction of some sort when they got that letter.
2: Yeah. um, Okay, so we're trying to put the timeline together. My mother, who I am estranged with, by strain, yeah. I think the last time we talked would have been two thousand nine, maybe. Yeah, two thousand nine. So she wrote a letter. we We want to we want to think it was shortly after that, and and she wrote it to my the oldest of my siblings on that side. So my oh. sister, who's a year younger than me, I think, or close to my age, and she took it to the family, like they're a very close family. Mm-hmm. Uh, they took it to her family and their father, and like, who is this woman? What is this? And now my brother thinks that she wrote it after we talked to to get our relationship back, right?
3: Oh, okay, you know,
2: after the whole debacle with court and money in the house and stuff. And so we, I kind of agree with him on that. I don't know I didn't know anything about the letter like I didn't know that she wrote this letter obviously and if I did I mean I forgot I mean I don't know how I would know so um, they that from what he said was it was a big to do it was a blow-up like what you have a child you oh. cheated on mom you know that kind of thing right and that is the main reason why I never reached out right was because I'm nobody I don't they've got a great family I don't want to fuck that up. So I thought it was very selfish of me to jump into their lives, which seemed very nice and very, very good. Um, for what reason? You know, just so I can meet my siblings, which I desperately wanted to do. And I know that's the right thing to do. Right. But the big picture is I would be ruining this, this family. That's what I thought. Thank God they went, they already got that out of their system. <laughs> Um, and it didn't. He explained they were separated. Uh, my mom was separated from her husband, which is my other brother's father, the one I grew up with. Right. He was separated from his wife. At least this is the story that I've heard. Mm-hmm. They worked together at a grocery store. They banged. I came out. He wanted her to get an abortion, gave her 500 bucks. Cat in the Cradle was playing on the radio when he told her this. She took the money, probably at the time... Her version, I don't necessarily believe because every word comes out of her mouth is a lie. Um, but I think she took it to get an abortion. I think, I think my grandmother talked her out of it or oh, somebody talked her out of it.
3: Probably so. Being
2: the devout Catholics that they are. I think that somebody talked her out of it. I think because she, she took the money. Like if you're not going to get the abortion, don't take the money.
3: A lot of a lot of women though in her defense do take the money. They have no intentions on getting an abortion. They just want the money. Well at least she's th- mad. At
2: least she thought about it. There there's no doubt that she took the money and kicked the idea around. And that's she impossible. W- and she and then she said, no, took the money, bought a fur coat and a pizza. <laughs> at least that's the story that I've been told. That's the only question you wanted, Brendan, to ask?
3: No, I wanted to know... Do you have these written down? No, they're all in my mind, because that's how invested I am in this story. Okay. I wanted to know initially, like, what their reactions was when when they told them. Then the next question I had, because I heard you say, like, you didn't know... Well, hold
2: on, before you move on, uh, also, the the other part of it was, think about how big of a deal that is to find out decades later that your husband has a child out in the world. You know, and, and, like to explain it after all these years that's a tough position to be in
3: exactly she had a lot of emotions that she went through i'm sure a breakdown and that's why i think probably too your dad didn't reach out to you either because he wanted to spare her feelings more than anything
2: probably yeah well you want to cover his ass that too yeah
3: of course and so then the next question that I had was, okay, it's out. It's in the open. Now everybody knows. Why hasn't he still tried to reach out to you and say, hey, son, something. Like, is he upset or is he harboring any emotions? Like, did your brother tell you how he thinks about what he thinks about this all?
2: I didn't ask him. We spent a lot of time just learning about each other. Oh. I want to do a podcast with him called What's Up, Brother? Too brother soon. from another mother. <laughs>
3: <laughs> Too soon. <laughs>
2: No. Well, yeah. I mean, cause not everybody gets it, but I almost text them the other day and I was like, Hey, did you ever think about getting into podcasting? And we would do a podcast and just get to know each other. Like that's the best podcast that exists. I mean, that would be a, I could, I could charge 49.99 a I week.
3: Hear
2: you, Nate. Yeah. Um, Oh, Nate's muted. You're muted, buddy. A mute button. A mute button. I don't know what's happening. <laughs> Maybe it's delayed. Um, so yeah, I, I, I don't know the answer to your question.
3: Okay, and then you said that you weren't sure if your sisters wanted a relationship. And what I was going to say to that was, I just met my biological aunt on my dad's side for the first time last month. I went and met her in Florida. And it's the same situation where two of my my dad's siblings, they wanted to meet her, they wanted something to do with her. And then my dad and my other uncle and aunt were like, we don't want nothing to do with her. So what I wanted to say to that was, even if your sisters don't want anything to do with you, which do you even know? You don't even know, do you?
2: I don't know. Um, I don't, I don't know. You don't know. I I don't, I have no idea. I mean, I I can, I can speculate. I I would think that there's curiosity there. You know, I think the longer you wait in life, the more obviously curious you get. That's just makes sense. But also the longer you wait in life to do something like this, you're established with your life and Mm -hmm. you have a routine and your thing. And this is what you do. And next step is death. You know, it's like, I don't want any distractions or, and I could see that not to say that that's how they feel, but I could see that I could see me saying something like that just because I'm so stuck in my ways and so selfish on doing, you know, I, my wife's like, you, you just heard her. She was like, hey, I want, can you, can you go show a house with me and let's do dinner, you know, in Buckhead. And I was like, I got tennis.
3: I got to play tennis. I
2: got to play. Well, it's already, you know,
3: it's,
2: it's what I do, you know. Um, you know, I was like, if you can work it around my schedule, that's fine. But that's not the case here. This one, I'm going to, I'm going to do something that I probably wouldn't be known to do. I'm going to open myself up.
3: And I think you should. I definitely wanted to say. I think you should. I think the approach you're taking to this, the mindset you have, is all good. I was so happy and proud. I teared up a little bit. Like I had a lot of emotions on Friday. I hope and other I people enjoyed out.
2: that episode as much as Nikki did. <laughs> that episode, Jesus, I did. it touched me. <laughs> Nate, are you back? You get you get the the mic thing fixed. You mute off. No, nope. we still can not Oh no, man. No. Still we still can. Can. It's, it's tough typing when you got little nubby sausage fingers and <laughs> poor guy over there is just trying to figure out all this stuff and he can't even still use his hands, but I am going to, um, I'm going to open myself. Usually I'm very, as you guys well know, I'm very close, mm-hmm. I'm closed in, you know, I don't let too much emotion out, at all. but if, if given the opportunity here, I'm going to be very, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Very um, open-minded,
3: vulnerable, vulnerable. Open-minded. I'm open-minded. I I'm an open-minded guy,
2: but vulnerable. I'm going to be very vulnerable to walk into their
3: family. Right, and I think you should. And I'm so excited. I, I, I think your brother reaching out says. Even if anybody else is kind of still closed off to the idea, the fact that he's open to it gives you still an open an open door that will give you some type of closure, even if your father doesn't come around, which I just want to know why he wouldn't. You know what I'm saying? See, Brandon, th- th-
2: these are all the things I guess you were supposed to say on that episode.
7: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but we, I mean, we kind of talked about it because we thought we're like, you know, we're thinking this is all good and everything, but what if we uh, you get there and like your dad doesn't want to talk to you or anything? or. You know, we we were open minded about it, but at just, the same time, you know, it could be very bad.
2: I'm just I'm just beating up on you. I thought you did a very good job. I thought you had very good questions. You just, they just weren't Nikki D questions. You know? So if they're not Nikki D questions and it's Nikki D, she's just like, where was he? He didn't say a fucking thing. <laughs> Nate, you got it figured out. You you were talking. Your li- your mouth was moving, but we couldn't hear anything. Can you hear me? We can hear you now.
7: Okay, she told good. him no. She's like, nope, can't hear it. <laughs> you sons of bitches.
5: <laughs> well, I want to know. So, uh, sorry, I, I obviously wasn't at the, the last episode where you, you brought this up. Did When did this letter happen, your, your mom's letter?
2: We don't know for sure, but we think it was probably around 2009, right after we stopped talking, my mother and I. Okay, so
5: it wasn't recent.
2: No. No, they've known for – that's the thing. They've known for years – And he even said that before we got on the phone, because I said, you know, the douchey thing of, do you know who I am? You know, but like, do you know that I'm your brother? And he goes, yeah, I've known for years. I was like, what? You know, so when I would like, he would see stuff that I, he follows me on Facebook. He's following my life. And uh, I don't know if he's ever liked any of my pictures. I don't think he did, but I would like his. And, uh, and, and so well, how, how
5: did you guys become friends? Did you friend him or did he friend you? Like, I, fri- wouldn't that be weird?
2: I friended him, but we have two different last names. So I friended him. Uh, it was for some reason it popped. Like when Facebook started doing the people you may know that little, you know, side scroll thing, people you may know, he popped up in it. I don't know why. Maybe because I, I searched him one time. Probably. That was probably it. Yeah. And it just popped up and I was like, ah, oh, fuck it you know, add a friend. And uh, I was like, I hope he's just one of those guys that just adds everybody. <laughs> did you find and out we, if he
3: named his kid after you on purpose?
2: He did not. We we addressed that. We uh, So his 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 son's name is Bailey. And um, they originally wanted to name him Brooks, but his sister's son is named Brooks. So that was the only other name they could think of. Plus his birthday is near St. Patrick's Day. And so they're like Bailey's Irish cream. Mm. And he goes, sorry oh, we'll make to make alcoholic. Great. You know <laughs> he, he goes, sorry to say it's not named after you. And I was like, oh, I didn't think it was. I was like, that'd be weird. I said, but yeah, really weird. <laughs> but, but my question was, how did it go over when you told your dad that you're naming your son Bailey? And now I know that everybody knows who I am. How did it go over with your mother? Right. And he says, at first it was a little weird and we did discuss it. But I said this is the name we want to go with. This is our son. This is our child. You know, not my fault you have a son out there. Wow.
3: <laughs> they had a whole discussion about naming their kid cuz of your name. Isn't yeah, that cool? But
2: why would they?
5: Because it's your last name and where where is your last name from though? Cuz that's that wasn't a, like your mom's original or maiden name or whatever, right? It was no. like one of the other guys.
2: It's not my mother's maiden name. It's my brother's father's name. And he he's on my birth certificate he was there when okay. I was born
5: yeah so like the the other mom wouldn't even know your last name so it's weird that they would even bring it up
2: yeah I i, I don't I don't think she ever even knew of my mother you know um yeah. and where, where do all these people live at now
3: they're in Maryland
2: yeah they're all in Maryland with the exception of my brother and his family um they're in Virginia okay
5: yeah. So if you wanted to do some kind of reunion, the majority of them are in Maryland.
2: Yeah, and and, and it's not that far. So, you know, he travels over, and, you know, they, they, they're a very tight group, which is what I wanted my entire life, to have a tight family, you know? know. Like, you know, it's nice to see y'all, fuckers, you know, that kind of thing. But the, I told him, I said, I got nothing but time right now. Um, like, you guys want to meet... I'll come in there tomorrow. You know, it's not a big deal. Just hop on a plane or get in the car. Or I can do whatever I want. Um, I was like, but do it soon because something might be coming up. <laughs> it's like I'm not to, trying to rush you guys, but he wanted to clear it with his family, right? So, or our family. <laughs> Ah, Look
3: at Bailey! He's so proud. I'm so excited. I feel so happy about this. I've been waiting for the longest for this story to unfold. So when I heard it unfolding, I was like, oh, this is it. This is it. It's going to be great.
2: Well, I I said it was like my entire career. I said, this is the bit of all bits before I retire or die. You know, I want to have my biological father on the air or just somebody. It was kind of a joke, you know, thinking that it would never happen. Because I could have reached out. I could have cold called him, you know, thinking that he didn't know who I was and say, hey, congratulations, you just won a trip to, you know, Mexico and get him, you know, and do one of those types of things. And that's I, I, there's a couple times I almost did it. I was going to do it for a ratings grab. And uh, because I thought it was the best story ever to be told, you know, a a radio personality or a podcaster, anybody that stands behind a microphone – the only thing that you have that no one else has is your exclusivity is your life. Yep. And I tell you, I've told you guys that from the beginning of your careers, your life is exclusive. Don't let somebody tell you if you're talking about your life that's relatable to somebody else. It's the way you do it and to push it out that people can relate to and go, I've gone through that. Right. I guarantee, and I know for a fact after the other week uh, telling everybody this, I got so many messages from people going, you know, kind of saying it's very similar stuff. Oh, my God. It was touching. It was the best. Somebody, a, a listener called my wife that she's working with uh, with right now. I'm not going to say his name. He's a very nice guy. I've met him, but she's selling his house. Oh. He called her and said, oh, my God. I mean, this is a manly man. And he says, I just listened to Jason tell a story about the, his brother in the phone call. He goes, I went through the exact same thing. I was in tears. I mean, this is a manly man.
3: I'm telling you, I was choked up. I was like, this is amazing.
2: So it's a great story for, for, for entertainment's sake, but it's as real as it gets. Mm-hmm. You know, I wish I had more to pay it off. Like, there was, it's not storyboarded, so forgive me. I'm just waiting for a text message. <laughs> but we do, you know, that was the other thing is, you know, he, we text a couple times after the phone call just He texted me uh, a couple things, and I'd reply back. And then I was trying to spin the texting into talking about generic stuff uh, like sports or just something. And, and then it, uh, it was done, and then a couple days passed by, and I was like, I want to text him again. But I don't know what to say, and I don't want to be creepy. You know, I don't want to just be like, what's up, dude? Dude, did you see... Have you watched Ozark? That's the
3: best way to start a conversation is to say, hey, how are you doing? What's going on? How's your day going? That's how you get to know people.
2: Nikki, I don't have anyone in my life that I do that. Like, I don't ask people, how are you? Like, there's nobody in my life, even outside of my wife, you know, that I text. Outside of my family that I say, hey, what's up? How you doing? Just the older you get, the less of those types of conversations you have with people. You know, as a kid, I would spend hours on the phone with girls. Just friends. We would talk until we'd fall asleep with the phone up to our ear because that's what you did. But you get to a certain age where small talk is out the fucking window. (laughs) Nobody wants it. You know, well,
5: you you guys are friends on Facebook now. Just do like, uh, you know, pull out the old Big Daddy Bang Bang days. Act like you're trying to date the guy and just stock his whole Facebook profile so you know everything about him. Be like, yeah, did you see that commercial last night uh, for, uh, I don't know, what does Maryland have a basketball team or anything? Uh, the Washington Wizards. Yeah, I guess that. Yeah, did you see the Wizards game last night or something, oh, no. know, something that he's into? You can just go okay. to all the, you know, the likes and the things that he follows and stuff and just figure out who this dude is and then just act like you're into all that shit. So you can just bring up stuff that he knows about. So it seems not creepy
3: or you can just say how are you doing how's your day going what's going on in your life today and he'll say oh you know i got this going on that going on work's tough blah 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 and then a conversation will just build from being normal
2: guys don't do that niki guys don't yeah you guys don't say-, say that she's right though like the
5: conversation would build from there but his first thought is going to be like if if brandon messaged me or or you bailey and said Hey, how's it going? I'd be like, oh fuck, what's wrong? What happened? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like, but you like, know him, that's are, are you why sick? you would
3: think that. If
5: you <laughs> yeah. didn't know him, I but don't any think guy, like guys, that. don't really, you know,
2: how's your day going?
5: <laughs> you know, um,
2: but <laughs> or, or, it if there, would, or if it would is, probably go as the, or if there is small talk, you usually want something. It's yeah. it, it's the sandwich technique, you know. You got the bread, the meat, the bread. So the bread is like, hey man, how you doing? Good. How are the kids? Well, like Rachel's such a pro at that. That's why she's such a good realtor. You know, it's because she does a small talk. I can't do it. And, you know, one of my mentors in this business that's been doing it for a gazillion years, um, he told me, he was telling me the other day, he's like, you know, I want you to reach out to this person. And I said, okay, cool. He goes, but don't just talk to him about the situation. Start off by commending him or commenting on something else, like one of his stations, how great he is. I'm like, dude, I'm not that... No, I don't do you are, that though. You do small talk all the time. You you'd be
5: at a restaurant, and if a waiter came up, you'd be like, "Do you always pour the water on the right? How do you <laughs> like working here? What, what what kind of family do you have? You know, like you you'll just dig into anybody that's around you. I think it's just different because he's on the phone. So that that's why I'm saying you got to cyber him a little bit so you can
2: just do that small talk. Yeah, I'm good at it. I just don't like it. There's things that I'm good at that I don't like to do. I just, I don't like the small talk. You know, I mean, I I'm not co- against you
5: meeting up with him, but I'm a little indifferent about you meeting your family. I, I don't know. I don't know if it's needed. You, you've kind of lived your life as, you know, the blood or family is thicker than blood or whatever that, that not being a thing, you've lived your life without your biological family. It's, it, you know, you stepped in as a father figure. Um, and, you know, you don't really have any other family in your life. Why change that now? I'm like a wrestler.
2: I need to evolve. <laughs> <laughs> my my gimmick's old and, and tired.
5: No, they, everybody what, wants it,
3: to know where they come from.
2: Yeah, but why?
5: Because you haven't needed that connection. You you have nothing in common with them, really. Because I mean, other than DNA, I guess. But like, it wasn't like you guys grew up together and you had old stories and you you know drifted apart or something. You don't have anything. To talk about, obviously, to talk about, really, um, so I don't know if it's needed because you you said, well, I got to meet him, right? And it, and that's the thing that you think, but some sometimes you're the life that you've built and the friends that you have and and everything around you is all you need. Why why do you need to you know meet somebody just because you shared the same
2: parent? Well, there's a couple of reasons, and that's odd coming from you because you're the guy that love loves to reach out to people and and have relationships and this up. But you're saying that I'm not the guy. So why change now? Right. I'm not really changing. It's just, there's been a variable to who I am and what I've been. And it's my choice, whether to accept it or not. Do I need it in my life? Probably more than I know. Like I could easily tell you right now and be a tough guy and say Absolutely not. My life is great. I'm happy who I've become. I'm happy with the people that are in my life. Um, I don't need anybody, you know, and I've lived by that a lot in a long time. And I'm not saying it's totally wrong, but in a situation like this, there's going to be exceptions. I think I need it more than I know. Um, At least I can admit that, right? Yep. So there's another reason. This is going to sound goofy. One of the things that has always driven me nuts my entire life and made me angry is when I go into the doctor's office and the doctor asks the medical history of my father and I can't answer it. I feel like such a fucking orphan Uh, and it drives me insane. I would like to at one time in my life be able to answer that question. (laughs) That's all I want (laughs) to do. Uh, But from what I've been told from my brother is that my father and I are very similar, like scary similar, which could be a bad thing. You know, I don't know. And I think my oldest sister and I are very much alike. That'd be kind of neat. It's almost like meet your twin. You know, hey, don't dig in the couch tunes. We're podcasting. I'm working. (laughs) Trying to make some money to buy you snacks. Stop. Sorry. <laughs> so, uh, but again, how many,
5: uh, I, I may missed this, how many brothers, I, I need like a flow chart or, or a family tree or something. I'm so confused on dads and the kids and the, the brothers and sisters and stuff. So so from this dad, you have a brother and a sister?
3: Two sisters.
5: Yeah. Two sisters. Two sisters. Okay, so are they on, have you found them on Facebook yet?
2: One of them is not on Facebook. The other one is, but I think I sent her a friend requests and I don't think she accepted it, but I don't think she's active. You know, it's like you reach it. It's funny because you start to realize how old you are when people in your life are not social media friendly. Like they don't have to be on social media. Yeah.
5: Yeah. The the last thing they shared was like, Oh, for my birthday, donate to the the American red cross or something. And it was from five years ago. That's like the most (laughs) recent post.
2: Like, all right, they're not on here. (laughs) Save from the insurrection. (laughs) Yeah. yeah. Save from the insurrection. Yeah. Yeah. So my, my father's wife is on social media. He's not. Um, So they're not big social media people. But there's a whole family out there. Like Rachel said after I got off the phone with him, she's like, how exciting is that? Like, I went to the bathroom and I came back and now you have a family.
3: (laughs) It is exciting. And I said, yeah, it is kind of neat. You Uh, get to learn about your your family history, your family tree. I think it's great. Yeah, so do I. Nate, stop being a downer. Well,
5: what are you going to do with that information?
3: It could blossom and grow. Listen, I heard Jason Bailey be the most vulnerable I've ever heard in the six years that I've known this man. He moved me to my eyes tearing up. And that's not easy to do.
2: I'm like fiber. I move people.
3: Listen. (laughs) Just to hear that in him, I'm like, Jason's changing. I like that.
2: I'm not changing. I hate when people say that. I don't (laughs) change.
5: You're changing. I'm not changing. No,
2: no, 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 no. no. This guy don't change. These (laughs) colors don't run. All right, uh, I don't change. I evolve, and I tweak, especially for current situation. I'm a survivor. I don't change. I hate when people say that.
3: You're gonna have little nieces you and nephews do. like Uncle Jason, and you're gonna be like, "Hey, little Bailey." Oh, you're gonna be taking pictures and dressing alike. Watch. My
2: my agent said my agent said that to me the other day. She goes, <laughs> "I was talking to somebody, and they asked me if you've changed." And she goes, yeah, I told him you have. I said, don't ever say that to anybody. I go, they knew have, they, they don't call it climate evolve. They call it climate change. (laughs) Uh She goes, well, they worked with you at a, at a bad time of your life and career. And I said, yes. And she goes, so you've changed. I said, no, I've gotten better. I've tweaked, I've evolved. I'm still Jason Bailey. Jason fucking Bailey, you know, so it's, <laughs> I don't, I, I don't well, like the change. Cause changing uh, ma- makes me think people change for other people. I don't change for other people. I tweak and evolve for the situation at hand. There's a difference. At least
5: you I
3: think change so. and you grow. That's what why well, grow. Is. Ch- ch-
5: change isn't a bad thing. I think that's oh. your problem. You think change is a bad word for some reason, but it doesn't mean you change for other people. You can change for yourself.
3: We should always be changing, and as you want to say, evolving daily. If you wake up today and you're the same person you were 20 years ago, shame on you.
5: Yeah, that's why I hate like um they'll bring up politicians that something they said like 40 years ago, and they hold them to that, and then that they're like, look what they said back then. Now they're saying this, and I'm like, that's a good thing. I would, you know, maybe it's like they said something that was anti-gay like 50 years ago, and then now they're pro-gay. Look at them, they're flip-flopping. No, they're changing. They're evolving. That's good. That's a good thing. Yep. So change isn't
2: bad. Well, I, I I embrace the word change. I just don't like when people tell me I change. Oh, but, okay. but, but, you know, I have been going through this reconciling stage of my life. You know, there are people in my past that, you know, for reasons on both sides, you know, it's, I'm not always the bad guy, you know, but it takes two to tango. And so kind of got to a point where with some of these people, I realized that life's too short and I really do love them. And there's no reason for me to hold whatever it is I have against them in which, you know, I mean, they could probably say the same about me, but for these people that I'm talking about in particularly, um, I mean, they fucked up just as much as I did. And we could have easily gone our separate ways and it would be fine. But when you take a moment and talk to them about the situation, about what happened, at least in my experience, you quickly learn that they admit just as much fault as you should.
3: Right. And you both just held on to a grudge way too long.
2: Correct. Now, there's some people in this life that I'll never forgive, that I'll always look at like an asshole. You know, I'll be like, dude, I've no desire. You know, there's just no desire. I've literally no desire. That, if you were to say, well, he's changed because there's their friends again, that I would feel horrible because, like, I'm changing for a reason to like that person. These other two situations or three or whatever it is, it's, I did it because I love them. Right. You know, and, and it was just a shitty spot. One in particular, Nate knows, um, you know, our mutual friend, he's like a, Fucking bad girlfriend to me. Like, we've had so many falling outs. It's not even funny. He was the best, he was supposed to be the best man at my wedding one time, and I kicked him out like days before because he pissed me off. I forget what the reason was. You know, it was a hothead, there's no doubt about it, and so was he. But it's like we, we've reconciled like three or four different times. We're like a bad relationship. We're like Chris Brown and Rihanna. I mean, we're just a bad relationship. <laughs> but we always get back together, and we always fall back in love. It's so weird. Like, is, is our, my relationship with Brian like the weirdest one? I mean, that's like, that's not my MO. There's nobody else in my life that I've given that many opportunities to come back in my life. Not to sound all high and mighty, but I could easily just say, arm's length, stay the fuck away. But I don't every time. Bring them back.
5: Yeah, you're like Rachel and Ross and friends. You're y'all. You, you
2: always get back together. It's the weirdest thing, you know. So, um. But anyway, you got any more questions about that?
3: No, those those are all my questions for now. I'm just excited. Um, so you're gonna
2: show up again at my house and say I got some more questions. I could. I don't know.
3: <laughs> if Nate ready does next <laughs> all the questions I need when this goes to the next phase, I'll be back.
5: Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and maybe this came up in the previous episode, but. Uh, did your brother say anything about your father? Is there any potential? Did he want to, does he want to meet you? Is he thinking about it? Like any idea how that feeling is? So he,
2: the way he put it was that it's a delicate situation and nobody knew that he was reaching out. He's been the one over the years, as well as his aunt pushing the issue of reaching out. Right. But they had the same question I did. Why haven't you reached out? You know, so like it was, and it's goofy because my reason's legit and so is his, and it's understandable. You just got to talk it out. Um, so the impression that I got was that he had a game plan of delicately talking to them to see what the next, as you said, phase is. Right. And so he's a smart guy. He's a really, really smart guy. Uh, he doesn't get the certain way that I have about me from his father. I got that from our father. He got the good stuff from his mother. So he knows how to handle this kind of thing. So he's, he, he was supposed to, like, I should hear from him any day. Um, and he might come back and say, Hey, look, nobody's interested, but I am. And he kind of said that too. He's like, Hey, look, if nobody else is interested, I think he did say it that way. He's like, if nobody else is interested, you can, you're more than welcome to come. And I'd love to have you come up to our house and stay. So if they're not interested, at least he is.
3: And I understand his <laughs> point of view. Cause I went through the same thing with my father because I actually have a brother too. And I made a four hour drive to, to sit and talk, meet with him. I prepped him because I'm the one who had to go to my dad and say, hey, this kid's here. I found him. Are you going to talk to him? And I had to do a lot to get my dad to agree. And I told the kid, I'm like, look, this is what you're going to have to do when you meet him. This is, gonna, is how you're going to have to talk to him. If you go off of this path, everything's going to go out the window. I set everything up. We were meeting at my grandmother's house. The day come, everybody shows up, and the kid does the exact opposite of what I told him, and so now it's in the trash. Wow. Yep. You
2: need a flowchart for my life, Nate.
5: <laughs> oh, I know. Nikki, Every I, I think she has like 13 grandmas and, and brothers and friends. and stuff. It's always somebody's birthday, like every day, and I, I'm like, I didn't even know this person existed. Nikki has another brother or sister I didn't even know about. Yeah. <laughs>
2: Um, so, I mean, I, I don't even know. Rach asked me this the other day. I didn't even think about this. Like, do I have grandparents that are still alive from that side of the Ooh. family? You know? Yeah,
5: that's true. I've never I had a he's grandpa. Really like, y'all go if nobody else wants. Like, how's that conversation? Hey, does anybody want to go meet your brother? Okay. All right. It's just me. Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> that's exactly I'll, I'll check go. if anyone else wants to tag along. It's, it's so odd. <laughs>
2: well, I, I, I don't know if I said this when you were on Nate or not, or, or when you were off, I should say, but. The, the way I picture this meeting going is you know I go to this house, I park on the street, there's a good little bit of a, a walk to the through the driveway up the, up the, up the, uh, the steps and whatnot. and I get to the door and my brother meets me at the door, and I walk in. It's not the biggest house. and I walk in and the living room is packed. A uh, lot of furniture. And for some reason, there's a Christmas tree there, but there's a lot of furniture, Christmas tree and there's a lot of people and everybody stands up when I walk in. And the only person that doesn't stand up is like the grandfather because he can't I mean, he's tired or something and he's in the corner. <laughs> and I walk in and uh, my sisters are the first people to come and, and, and reach out to me and like, hi, and they, they, and they give me a hug. And, and it, it's weird and it's awkward, but we start talking and then maybe some tears and then something goofy happens. Like, oh, look at me, you know, that kind of thing. And then I meet, um, I meet their mother and it's awkward, but she embraces me. And I'm like, it's a pleasure to meet you, blah, blah, blah. And then I meet the, like the random uncle. And then the, some kids, the kids are running around with toy guns and cowboy hats. And, and, and all this is happening. And then as soon as I make my way through the sea of people, there's my biological father right there and then that's what I'm thinking like what do I say to him like do I make it sincere or do I have like a a funny line like hey happy father's day times 46 you know or something like that and then I meet him and we shake hands and it's a very very stiff handshake and we look at each other and then we just realize father son's got a hug and then we bring it in (laughs) for the hug and then everything kind of loosens up. But then one of the people in the room goes, all right, guys, let's head out to the back. We go out to the back. They get a bouncy house for the kids. They've got an out-of-ground pool. It's not in-ground. It's out-of-ground. Um, maybe a baby pool. And then there's a bunch of tables with plastic tablecloths. And they're going to have a crab boil in my name. Uh, and, uh, and and we go out there. And, and there's people. And then there's extra people out there like neighbors and friends and that's how I picture it. Now, maybe it's a little too detailed.
7: <laughs> Sounds like a
2: Hallmark movie.
3: <laughs> I just keep hearing the Godfather music playing. <laughs>
2: <Yeah>. <laughs> so that's just in my head how I picture it. Now, I'm sure it's not going to go exactly like that, if it even happens. But that's how I picture it. I picture it. And I'm an optimist when it comes to this. The very optimistic uh, scenario that I just laid out, you know. So it, it is. Nate's, at- Nate's going, that shit ain't going to happen to <laughs> <laughs> yeah. There's no, nothing like that. You're going to go there, they're going to kill you. It was better when nobody knew who you were. Boom, 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 boom. <laughs> Ozark style.
3: No, I think you're either no. going to be embraced by everyone or only a few people. Oh, really? That's it. Why would,
2: Why other. wouldn't everybody embrace me? I didn't do anything. Because I'm
3: telling you, I, I've, I've watched it happen. Sometimes the kids have it in their mind, I don't want to know about this other kid. My dad went out and did this thing. I don't want nothing to do. Nikki, the kid
2: we're talking about a white family here.
3: All right. It doesn't matter, <laughs> white family or not. The only one reached out to in that white family was your brother.
5: <laughs> <laughs> and they've known about you for like 12 years and they right. haven't said anything until now. <laughs> so somebody doesn't want to get you to know you. <laughs>
2: Yeah, I don't know. Maybe, maybe you're right, Nate. Maybe, maybe you'll be right. But
5: I don't think it's you personally. I think they're just scared because they don't. I mean, they're me. It'd be we. I mean, it's just a weird. I know people do this every day, but it's just weird to have a sibling that you've never met before in person.
3: And because their parents are married and have been to their knowledge, their whole lives. They probably don't remember their parents was on a break for two months during Christmas time. They don't remember that. So in their mind, their mom has been with their dad their whole life. And then they find out one day out of the blue, like, wait, where'd this kid come from? If you have been married to mom the whole time? So then they're kind of mad at dad. Like, how dare you? Who is this yeah. kid?
2: People yeah, can be mad at him and not me.
3: What does he want? I
2: mean, would you step on sperm if it were on the sidewalk? That's what I am. I'm just a piece of sperm. <laughs>
3: oh my goodness. <laughs>
5: no, but a lot of times this happens, and the other kids are worried about the, like the like the, like the you coming in and maybe taking the inheritance or you know doing something like mm-hmm. that. So maybe they think that you're trying to get this money. Maybe he's like rich or something.
2: Well, he's not. I can tell you that. Uh, far from it. But I did say to make it very clear that I don't want anything. I don't need anything. Um, even my second stepfather, who was a multimillionaire, even though he, he and my mother weren't married when he passed um, in 97, we still had a great relationship. I mean, he put me through college, and he gave me money to, to, to get through college. I mean, he he was my my angel. And I went and saw him before he passed, when he was very frail and very sick, and his son was there at the time, and he was listening in on the conversation. I could see him listening. He thought that I was going to ask for something. I didn't want anything. Even though he asked me, you know, I'm dying, what is it that you want that I have? He asked me that. And I said, I- if possible, I'd like one of your rocks from your rock collection. That's my aunt. That was my answer. I could have said I want $100,000. Probably would have given it to me. I don't want that money is, is, is the root of all evil. You know, once you get money involved in, and in, in, it's just bad, it's, it's bad karma, bad juju. I never got my rock by the way. Um, but you know, I, I told my brother, I said, you know, there's no animosity towards our father with me. I grew up with a great life. I still have a great life to live. I have an amazing family. I have great, uh, f- uh friends uh, I have a, a career, I think, kind of. I don't know what this is, but you know, it's I'm 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 good. You know, I'm I'm fine. So I don't want anything from you guys other than to meet you. And I told I made that clear because I thought that would come up. You know, do you think that there's anybody that would say they don't want to meet their biological sibling or whatever because they don't want to buy an extra Christmas prize? Do you think that's ever a thing? <laughs>
5: Maybe. Yeah, maybe that's what you should do. You should invite them down to Paradise City and have a a good old family family Christmas this year.
2: Well, what I was thinking is that if we do meet, I was going to buy a Christmas prize or a birthday prize, one of the two. I can't afford all of it, for all three of them, for all the years I missed. Wow. (laughs) Or give them like a dollar for every year I missed as kind of like a... Icebreaker. Like, here's a that's card with, like, let's say my sister's 44. I don't know. I'd put $44 in there and be like, sorry, I missed the last 44 birthdays. Here's a no, dollar.
3: That's a good idea. That's, that's a lot cheaper.
2: Or a rose or something like that. You know, something like that. I don't know. I thought that was. Yeah, it. that'd be I, cool. Maybe I'm overthinking it.
5: All jokes aside, I mean, they should want to meet you, to be honest. I mean, like, you are you were the best situation that they could have had at having an estranged or unknown brother. Like, they find out about you and, like, this guy has talked to how many celebrities over the years, been on the, the world's biggest stages, rubbed elbows with all these, like, cool people, and probably has all these great stories and what, what you do for a living, what you've done and stuff. I mean, you could have been some, I don't know, dude that... Is just living on welfare and done nothing and is in on drugs or something, you have a cool story. So you think they would want to meet you? Like if they don't that, you know, that's their, their fault or that's
2: on them because um, they should want to meet you. Well, that's what I told them too. I said, you're lucky to be talking to me right now. Not everybody gets my phone number. I said, I don't think you realize how big of a fucking deal I am kid. Um, so, you know, make it quick. Cause my time is money. And so if you do want to meet me and I need to travel up there there are expenses that my agent will get with you on there's an appearance fee forever how long you I mean there's a lot of stuff that goes into it so I just I made that very clear how big of a deal I am and how little of a deal they are you know I mean yeah. blood or not blood <laughs> Let me have my agent. I'm joking, set it by up. the way, everybody. It's a joke, it's a fucking <laughs> jokes. I know I said it seriously. But that's part of the humor. It's part of the comedy. It's a joke. Go ahead, Nate. What? Oh, you said let me have my agent set that meeting up, and you know she'll get back to you. Yeah, <laughs> we'll try to pencil you in for 2023. How about that? Uh, yeah, I mean, try? whose bastard kid has a
5: fucking agent? That's pretty cool. This <laughs> guy should want to meet you. <laughs> <laughs> All right.
2: Uh, Still, Brandon, no more questions? (laughs) I
5: don't think so,
7: but I was just thinking. I was like, you know, I got a lot of family in Maryland, too, that I don't know. Oh, shit. Oh,
2: shit.
3: No, he's going to come with me.
2: I'm going to show up at the house, and he's going to be like, hey, dude. Hey, what's up? (laughs) Just thought I'd surprise you. Nate's going to be there filming it. Yeah. Brandon picked up a six-pack of Yingling. You guys want one? (laughs) (laughs) Is there any good strip clubs here in Maryland? I don't know. (laughs) Def August is going to be in the car trying to listen to music. (laughs) Anyway. All right. Um, All right. So you're done? No more questions? No. We're going to talk to our guest. Huh? I'm good and for, for Brandon. Brandon. We're good for that. Well, Brandon didn't have questions when we did the bit. Yeah, no, cre- no questions with Brandon.
5: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the new segment we're doing—he just doesn't say anything.
2: <laughs> we're gonna Sparky's Lawn Service is gonna start sponsoring the next segment. No questions with Brandon, <laughs> where, <laughs> where I throw it to him, and this is what happens. Yep, that's what happens. <laughs> <laughs> and you can hear in the background Nikki D going, Ask a fucking question. What the fuck is that? What happens to the fucking ask the fucking question. this might be fucking curly fucking questions?" <laughs> <laughs> something like that just
3: ask a question
2: just ask a question all right uh john gleason uh this is going to be way interesting i promise you this federal prosecutor turned federal judge uh he has a book if you're into reading called the gotti wars taking down america's most notorious uh, mobster so what did john do john's the guy that took john gotti off the streets and put him in jail john gleason is and you might have seen this guy on television he's all over the place But John Gleason is also the guy that turned Sammy the Bull and was able to put John Gotti away. This is the guy. This is the guy that mobster movies are made out of being the good guy. You know, he is the equivalent of Kevin Costner in The Untouchables putting away Capone. That's who John Gleason is. Very cool. Talk to him here next. Hold up. Wait a minute. Let's hear from our sponsors. I want you to call my wife, but not for those reasons, you weirdo. I want you to call my wife Rachel Guy because you want to participate in this crazy market that's happening right now and take advantage of a house. She is the best at doing what she does, and that is a realtor with Keller Williams Atlanta North Office. Anybody that's dealt with my wife, and I know a lot of you two percenters have uh she's absolutely amazing i can tell you firsthand you know if you're a first-time home buyer she's going to walk you through it if you've done this numerous times before you might learn something she's great so if you're looking to buy or sell call rachel guy because she's your guy 404-797-4600 that's 404-797-4600 let's keep it before 9 p.m all right some of you call fairly late it's a little annoying no offense, stress-free buying and selling. And like I said, this crazy nutso market, you can also shoot her an email. I am Rachel guy at gmail.com. I am Rachel guy at gmail.com. Sometimes it's tough finding the right tree service, like ones that'll give you a call back or ones that'll even show up. Cut and Right Tree Service and more. They're going to do both. They're going to show up and they're going to call you back. 877-828-8846. You can also book online. cutandright.com, C-U-T-T-I-N-R-I-G-H-T.com. Female, veteran-owned, located and servicing all around Atlanta. And if you mention the BS, when you call, you get $100 off your job. Experience tree removal who care all about the details. Customer satisfaction guaranteed. 877-828-8846. That's 877 8 cutting cutnright.com. And back to you, Jason. The Bailey Show Podcast Guest Portal, brought to us by Country Financial. If you need anything insurance related, call sean now 678-519-9028 the camp agency at country financial your one-stop shop to all your insurable needs
0: merry christmas mother
2: hey it's nate
5: from the bs and we just wanted to thank you for being a subscriber and if you aren't as a subscriber yet it makes a great christmas gift
1: so i don't know i mean it's big stuff man andrew sacrificed a lot he came out there Help me film this whole thing.
4: We well, had, again, I find myself increasingly getting these predicaments when there's promised alcohol. And, yeah. Uh, it's something I, I probably, mean, well, well, what is that? Is I that probably like need a, to evaluate something. Is that, like,
1: an issue you've got going on or something? I mean, we all love beer, but...
4: Yeah, I mean, look... There's there's been times in my life when it, it's tough to face brushing your teeth in the morning without a drink or two before. Times it, yeah. in your life. All right, let's 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 dig into this just a little bit here. Like, look, man, we've all hit our lows, okay? Okay, what's the lowest low you have hit? Uh look, man, you know, I'm, let's just talk about the fucking video. I mean, no, nothing. no, no. I think that people they demand to know. Like, this is an interesting Susan, story. We no, can't just no dip one... into the water
1: and not dive in, you know. Or the like, beer, we'll call it the beer. You gotta dive in, right? I'm
4: sure if people have been listening to us this long, they can relate. There's been some low lows. Like, you gotta be kind of <laughs> fucked up to even be this far in. It's, uh, you know... I'm sure they can it. But those those lack of brain cells, you know, I can relate with, and, you know, I've, I've definitely lacked them and done some dumb shit in my life. Well, I think there's this one time that you may remember, because I ended up calling you at, like, 4 a.m., but I, uh...
1: <laughs> Wait, was, the
4: homeless guy? Dude, I fucking... Oh
1: my goodness. This guy almost gets killed from a homeless guy and ends up calling the cops on himself. Like, I don't know how this happens.
4: Alright, let's just be clear. All right, I wasn't calling the cops on myself, I was calling my cop the cops on someone that assaulted me that I happened to give a long car ride to because... Ended up killing your car in
1: the process. Basically.
4: Well, my car ran out of battery because it was an electric car, and this is after this guy had basically forced me to drive him all the way out in the middle of fucking nowhere, which I thought was going to end in him murdering me, (laughs) which would have been honestly fine at that point. That probably would have been what I deserved at that moment in my life, but um, no, I uh, got out of there, and I was so pissed because he punched me in the mouth while I was driving that I While caught. you
1: were driving, punching in the mouth, because what, you you were driving a Tesla, right? And it was like on 10%, and you're like, dude, I I can't.
4: I was like, yo, I'll take you like towards the destination, but like, I gotta go back and charge. And he was like, nah, you're taking me all the way. <laughs> you know, one of the clear. <laughs> you ain't
1: stopping this car, motherfucker. It's not,
4: it's not like I've lived in this town my whole life. I probably should have put together that I picked him up at a gas station that's like 30 yards from a prison, <laughs> like- <laughs> I probably could have. What did he have an orange jumpsuit on? Still, you're like, dude, that's. He some may as swag, well had. Bro. He had like face tats, those are great but he colors. was like, but he was white and like looked like maybe so fucked his sister a few times, you know. Like, I probably should have seen the red flags, but we live in Tennessee, so yeah, that's that's, it's just as bad. As... Bible belt, baby. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, you know, it, it was definitely an experience. And uh, when the police pulled me out of that Tesla, and I was wait, 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 let's let's not pigs. get
1: let's not get there right right away. So. He punched you in the mouth because you said you had to stop driving. You had to turn around and charge. So, you obviously well, you had to. I told him I was fear like. I told him I Because, you know, the guy was probably going to kill you. So I you wasn't.
4: Like, if we had been. It'd been one thing if he was just out on the street and hit me. But, like, right. we're going down a highway. Like, he keeps attacking me, then I'm going to wreck and, like, die. Right. You know what I mean? So, that's why, honestly, I was so concerned. And then. By the time we got like near his neighborhood and shit, I was like, I don't know, what the fuck, Like maybe he has a gun. I don't know, I was also pretty drunk. But I was just like, let me get this guy out. And the another funny part is, right when we got out, he's like, hold on. He gets in my backseat and pulls a golf club out of my golf He's like, I'm taking this too, motherfucker. out <laughs> of your golf
7: club bag? Like, oh my goodness. I was like, All right,
4: that's <laughs> a strange, like...
1: Yeah, take a souvenir from the Andrew Mobile over mm-hmm. here, I appreciate that. Yeah. So he finally got
4: out. what well, your car was like dead at that point, right? One percent or something. Or... I made it down the road and like drunkenly was like, "Fuck this guy! I want to call the cops on his ass." But then he <laughs> called the cops. But then, I guess I called <laughs> attention to myself, and in the process, so you
1: called him and said, "Hey, this guy tried to assault me. I gave him a ride. Yeah, he tried to kill me. So like, I'm I gonna wait. I'm the... gonna wait here. I'm parking. I think they
4: even were like what kind of car are you?' And I think I may give them a description. I don't know. Maybe not. <laughs>
1: Hey, guys, yeah, I'm I'm in a white (laughs) Tesla. This guy just tried to kill me, and, you know, I don't really know.
4: But I'm waiting here.
1: Y'all better get here soon. I think his neighborhood's nearby. They probably
4: could tell within two seconds of talking to me that I was shit-hammered. So, uh, like, what? You just wait in the car for him? Yeah, no, I mean, it died. I pulled over, and I passed out. And the next thing I know, this cop is pissed. He'd probably been sitting there banging. You know how hard I sleep. (laughs) He'd probably been banging on the window for, like, like 15 minutes. minutes. Oh, my goodness. He's screaming at me. And since the car's dead, you know, with the Tesla it was locked and if you have your phone it'll unlock so like I didn't know how to open the fucking door because my car was dead so he's getting even more pissed I'm like I don't know how to fucking open the door but there's like (laughs) there's like an emergency pool thing that you pull and I got out and they just immediately slammed me down on the gravel and I started calling them dumb pigs and all this shit oh my goodness well that was good I mean well you'd already made some dumb moves
1: so why stop there I got hit with the resisting and all that dude it was great oh my goodness straight to jail, huh? Now didn't you did, I remember, did you didn't you see that guy like later in the
4: Yeah, yeah, I saw him later and uh in the jail I think he was yeah, That's he, what you told me. He was me mugging me like a motherfucker. Yeah, no, I was oh on the same pod as him. So they actually went and arrested you and were like, "Well,
1: you know, he still was he was valid about what you're saying. So let's find this guy too." How many Yeah, which is crazy. They cause were late I don't know what they quota. arrested
4: him on, but I was like, dude, I was already so terrible such a terrible place I was like I do not want to fight this guy in the middle of fucking jail cuz then you're bleeding and you're in jail so it's like fuck that. Oh my goodness, dude. What? That's crazy. This this costume has been laid But Anyways, Florida. don't drink and drive, kids. Yeah,
1: right? For real. That's insane. Well, let's make two arrests out of this one, man. We're going to get him and we're still going to get the other guy. Don't worry, Andrew. We're getting him. You put he put your life in danger now. So wild, man. I can't believe that uh. shit.
0: And back to you, Jason.
2: You guys are going to love our guest here. Absolutely fascinating individual. And what he's been able to accomplish is pretty much what most Hollywood movies are about. (laughs) He just lived it. And uh, our guest is John Gleason, and the memoir is The Gotti Wars, taking down America's most notorious mobster. That would be, of course, one in fact, John Gotti, federal prosecutor, later turned federal judge. Um, you're big part of the New York uh, legal scene, uh, but you were right there in the thick of things with Sammy the Bull and John Gotti looking across from him in the courtroom, even though you didn't win the first time, John. You got him on the second time, right?
6: Yeah, I batted 500 against John Gotti. That's that's pretty good. <laughs> yeah. Better than zero. That's exactly right. So,
2: so um, this world is Hollywoodized, is glamorized to the rest of us, and we think it's cool when we watch the movies. Who doesn't like a good mobster movie? You probably didn't see it that way, right? You were on the other side of this. You're looking at these people as dirty criminals that you that need to be behind bars. Stop making these people look like superheroes, right?
6: Oh yeah. You know, the one of the takeaways for me, ten years investigating and prosecuting gangsters, is our culture, our society needs to go on the therapist couch when it comes to its relationship with with the mob. You know, we see in them Look at the Godfather and the Sopranos. We superimpose on them what we want to see. Mm-hmm. You know, and and life doesn't imitate art very well. And I tell you, art, like the Godfather and the Sopranos and Goodfellas, maybe Goodfellas, but art doesn't do a very good job of imitating life. Look, these are bad guys. They're killers. They're treacherous. They betray each other. They're greedy. They are not w- what we want to see, but... The media certainly wants to, he was media's the media's darling. So he knew that. and he turned himself into a celebrity don. But the mob is not what the popular culture would induce somebody to believe it is
2: you know, i, I when I see these stories, and you watch movies like The Untouchables, for example, and that was, of course, Al Capone. and you, see the what, whether you believe all the stuff that happened in the movie is true or not. One would think that because these people are so dangerous, you would have to fear for not only your life, John, but the rest of your family's life. Was that still the same, even talking about a more present day mobster in, in, in Gotti versus Capone,
6: were you ever in fear of your life? Um, I mean, sort of. Let me just a a little bit of backdrop. You know, unlike the Sicilians, who are crazy, they kill prosecutors and investigating magistrate judges. They're nuts over there. The American mafia is a little more smart when it comes to business. They know if they whack an agent or a prosecutor, all of law enforcement drops what it does and comes down on them with both feet. And that's bad for business. So that's a break on their behavior. That said, you know, in the second trial, the second trial went great and it was crystal clear. Gravano was a great witness and we were gonna win. And the marshals pulled me aside and the bureau, FBI pulled me aside with about a month left in the trial and said there was a contract on my life. Mm. I I didn't think there was anybody, nobody, none of us thought there was anybody in the street who would actually do that. But, you know, I think it was just to rattle us But um, yeah, I mean, so that happened. And look, he was a bad guy and he didn't like me and he liked to kill people. So of course, it's kind of put you on edge a little bit. But, you know, I I had a bodyguard take me back and forth to the courthouse. And once we convicted him, there was really no profit in doing anything to me once it was over. So there was a little time period in there where it was like a little anxiety producing. But for the most part, they're not in the business of whacking agents or prosecutors.
2: Did you use whacking before you started prosecuting mobsters or did you start picking up the terminology when oh, you started yeah, yeah. prosecuting them?
6: <laughs> I, I spent 10 years listening to wise guys talk on tape. So, yes, there are some there's some of their uh, terminology that is like baked into me. Yeah, whacking equals murder. Yeah. Well, we don't know about John Gleason. He's actually British.
2: <laughs> but all the years of listening to the mobsters, he now talks like them. Uh, so we had, when we did a radio show, and this was in Atlanta, Nate, right? I remember there was a reality show, and it had uh, the daughter. Of Sammy the Bull on there and we interviewed her and she was very very nice Um, but I I, I, and I think I asked her this I was like how can you even after it's all said and done how can you go on a reality show and talk about this stuff is there like a statute of limitations whether it comes from the daughter or it comes from the actual person on what you might have done years ago
6: you mean what she did or what her father did
2: either one i mean you're on reality yeah. television and you're telling the world i mean like i right. wouldn't feel safe i'd feel like i'd slip up the cameras would catch it and bam the whole thing blows up in my face
6: yeah i know I, that's an int- but that's another like facet of our fascination with the mob you know mob lies and all that and i've actually spoken to karen a couple of times and look you know the 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 life that she was raised in afforded her gave her some opportunities that she sought to capitalize on and in a way i'm not sure jason there was really much of a risk that anything would come of it in terms of like mob retaliation or a prosecution gave her an opportunity to you know make a little bit of a living so i don't know it's kind of the american way does the mob still exist in the united states you know, not, not really. I mean, it does. They're not all gone. Here's, here's one way of, of describing it. I go on the bench for 22 years, beginning the day after Gravano got sentenced. I had to recuse from every single mob case that came into my courtroom, except one, a, a Genovese guy who was on the lamb for 10 years, because I had investigated and or prosecuted every single one of them. So it's old guys, you know, the, the mob, as we knew it, a combination of John Gotti being a celebrity boss and bringing the FBI down on all of the families, not just the Gambinos and Sammy flipping, that was a seismic event in the mob. He was a really respected gangster. He flipped because kind of John Gotti trash talked him.
0: Mm.
6: Those two things really altered the landscape fundamentally. So it's not like overnight a switch got flipped and there were no more gangsters, but there's very, very few young gangsters. They're all old guys, you know, they come in, some of them come in now and they're like 75, 80, and they're the guys that I I prosecuted. So there is still a mob, but not really to speak of, and there's certainly no mob as we knew it back in the 90s. So you wouldn't have been successful the second time prosecuting John Gotti,
2: if he wouldn't have trash talked Sammy the bull and Sammy the bull being as you know, these guys are very proud people um, was like, watch this. I'm going to get you. So like, I'm a big fan of going to the catalyst of problems to solutions and going from the very beginning and the very start. Cause I think you can learn a lot along the journey and why you got to where you're at. So, Something as simple as whatever John Gotti said about Sammy the Bull is really what won you the case, put him behind bars where he eventually died.
6: Sorta. Of. Now look, I, I indicted all three at the same time. The boss, underboss, Casier. Sammy was the underboss. And we were only ten weeks from trial. We had a great case based solely on those tape recordings, the bug tapes from the from the Ravenite, from the secret apartment above the Ravenite Social Club. Sammy's si- And I was ready. I told the jury when I summed up, I said, these tapes convict these defendants. We were ready to go to trial without Sammy. Sammy was kind of icing on the cake for Gotti. But the real significance of Sammy was he testified against like 47 other guys. Mm. We We put administration, some other families in, a bunch of Gambino captains and soldiers and associates in. Sammy's significance was really... For additional uh, defendants, not he made our case better. It it made our case against John a complete lock. But I didn't need him for John. I needed him for Chingiganti Boss of the Genovese crew, Vicarina, Boss of the Columbos. We needed them and used them to take down the mob. Yeah. Um, but we didn't need him against John, really. John Gotti has a s- sister, right, or had a sister? He had a big family. Yeah, uh, he. Had- yeah, he had a one of his sisters. I think I know where you're going with this. He had a yeah, he had he had a big family. Oh well, no no no, you don't. Um, the uh, oh. the reason I asked
2: that is so uh, I for the most part grew up in Sarasota, Florida, and there's a place right by Sarasota called Casey Key, and a lot oh. of nice houses are right there in the intercoastal. And I remember as a kid, this would have been in the 80s, that John Gotti was buying a house out there, and oh. and you know going. To back to the glamorizing, you know, like nobody feared that Gotti and it is. I want to say his sister lived in it, but we would drive by it because I had a friend that lived down the street, and it was this, you know, typical Florida house, very big, uh, by itself on the opposite side of the street, fairly secluded. You know, you had to go through gates in order to to get to the garage and all that stuff. But it was like white or gray with green trim, like Mexican tile trim. But I remember seeing these giant cameras. It was the first time I've ed- I'd ever seen cameras on a house. And that was the big talk was that Gotti was buying a house on Casey Key along with Andre Agassi and Brooke Shields. So I think I'm getting that story right. But it was, you know, when people talked about it, the locals, I mean, we're talking a small beach area. It was cool, like they were excited that they were coming to town,
6: yeah, right? I mean, look, you're not going to come down there and endanger anybody, but yeah, it was that's our that's what I mean. That's our fascination with outlaws generally, and with gangsters, Italian mobsters specifically. I mean it it's cool yeah. they're not they're not as cool as you think they are, but <laughs> get, as
2: far as far as the movies go, because you'd be the expert of this. Which one's the closest to real life? Because a lot of them are based off of true events. They just change the names. And I have a uh, an Italian friend that has a family history that dates back to some involvement, possibly. And some of the stuff in Casino, he was like, yeah, that was based off of my uncle. You know? I'm like,
6: whoa, really? <laughs> yeah, good fellas. Good fellas. I mean, those were, you know... Robert De Niro played a character I don't know what they called him in the in the movie but Jimmy Burke you know and the Lufthansa heist was a real thing and the and the uh, Joe Pesci character was a Gambino guy who went out of line I mean that that there was much more verisimilitude in that movie if that if that's the right word it was much it was much more reality to to how mobsters look and act to that movie than any of the others doesn't mean it was faithful uh, replication, but it was closer than most.
5: Yeah. Nate question for John. Yeah. What, um, so I, I went to Egypt last year and I learned a lot about, um, King Tut and he actually is not famous for anything. He really did. He's just famous because they found his tomb basically intact why is John Gotti famous? Did he like how did he become a household name? Did he actually do something significant in the in the crime world or is it was there just some some kind of catalyst that made him a more
6: known name? Yeah, he he does not get an A for being a crime boss. <laughs> he is famous because he decided he was going to be a celebrity crime boss. Like most crime bosses, Nate Sit in social clubs in rumpled suits. They rely on the presumption of innocence if they ever get locked up. You know, Chin Gigante walked around Greenwich Village in a bathrobe for a couple of decades to feign mental illness. So as a defense, if he ever got tried. John Gotti wore his bossdom if that's a word, on his sleeve. He burst on the scene as a boss in the most brazen spectacular way right Uh, he murdered he's on the scene of Castellano hit he murdered his predecessor boss in the busiest place in New York at the busiest time of day at the busiest time of year rush hour outside Sparks so his violent burst on the scene and the first trial he defended his defense was not I'm not guilty. There's a there's a presumption of innocence. His defense was in essence. I mean, if you really re, my book is as much about the first trial as the second. The defense was in essence, yeah. I'm the boss of the Gambino family. What are you going to do about it? It was all intimidation, and he fed on the media's fascination with what they wanted to see in organ in a in a crime boss. He was. He, he's a low-rent guy. You know, he was called me a faggot, and i walk past him in the courtroom. He'd say, your mother's a whore. The, the media saw this stoical, reported something completely different than what he was. But he wanted to be a celebrity. He got himself on the cover of Time magazine, an Andy Warhol thing. So in the mob, they hated it, right? Gravano is famous for, he's doing his podcast now, and he says, we kept telling him, what do you mean you have a public? We're gangsters. You know, we're committing crimes. But John Gotti wanted to be a celebrity, and that's had so much to do with bringing down the mob. You know, the FBI folks, who were very talented, they're human, too. And what he did was basically stick a, you know, his finger in the eye of the FBI. He's walking around in a three thousand dollar teflon don. He's basically humiliating them, and you know they reacted the way you would. So they did their job, and and as a result, really ended the mob as we knew it.
2: Do you think that is not only arrogance, because I, I was actually going to bring that up as well as he was a new version of what the mob became. The old school guys, you know, didn't didn't want anybody to know who they are. It's kind of like that scene in um, American Gangster with uh, with um, Denzel Washington, where he's was like, don't dress snazzy. You look like a clown. We don't want to be seen like that. Let those guys do that and let the heat go on them. But with John Gotti, Dapper Don, you know, he came out wanting to be this thing that the other guys hated. Do you think not only that, but the arrogance was the sole purpose that the mob is
6: no longer what it used to be today? That that you're absolutely good. It's a great point, Jason. It's he, he didn't change things. He will, he would have been a flash in the pan because the the mobsters would have just gone back to the way they were unless they keep a low profile the reason i think the reason he wasn't a flash in the pan he didn't trust gravano he trash talked gravano on our bug gravano heard snippets of it at the detention hearing and then when gravano reached out for me and flipped I i said this to the judge at gravano's sentencing before he flipped very rarely some low level guy like you know Henry Hill for good fellows would would flip and the word in the street was eh, there's something wrong with that guy he became a rat when Gravano flipped all of the FBI agents who had informants and informants are everywhere reported that in the word in the street was if Sammy flipped there must be something wrong with the with the mob with this thing of ours yeah. that was a huge turning point. And by the time I went on the bench in 94, made guys, captains, concierge, underbosses, bosses, Joe Messina from the Bonanno family came in. Sammy, that Sammy flipping is why John Gotti was not just a flash in the pan, celebrity, lousy crime boss, and why the mob really was decimated.
2: At the highest point of their popularity or strength, that's strength. Who's more powerful, the mob or the cartel?
6: Oh, geez. You know, it's like, it's different business lines, Jason. You know, the mob, the, uh, the popular misconception about the mob is it's all drug dealing and gambling and loan sharking and prostitution. For one thing, they're not into prostitution, but the real deal for the mob back then was labor racketeering. It was owning corrupt union officials, not owning, but sharing the wealth, sharing the corruption, and you know, uh, construction, garbage carting, the garment industry, the peers in New York. If you can control the labor piece, you can take, just skim a little bit off, you know, for, for decades, for every yard of concrete, board on a major construction site. I'm looking at one out here in New York City. Three dollars went to the mob: one to Chin, head of the Genovese family; one to Paul Castellano, Gambino family; and one to the head of Teamster Local 282, whose on-site stewards could keep the trucks from coming on the job. So you that so it was kind of a not guerrillaing money out of this out of people, but with corrupt relationships with unions making skimming off the top of like every segment of the economy, the urban economy money. And it was crazy lucrative for them that all of that ended. And in that sense, they don't really compete with the cartels. The cartels just do drugs. They, the drug dealers in the mob would buy from the cartels. Everybody does, but otherwise we're not really in competition with them. With that
2: being said, did they do anything good? Like if they never existed, would something that's good that exists today not be around? No. No. So they've never done anything that's (laughs) been beneficial to our way
6: of life. It's all been bad, 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 bad. Here's the one qualifier. The, The origins of the mob, early part of the 20th century, Italian immigrants don't feel... Like they're represented in their elected government but in their elected governments, right? And that whole thing, you know, Don Corleone, like holding court and resolving disputes, there's a kernel of truth in that before those Italian immigrants were assimilated into into the mainstream culture and elected their own representatives. They kind of did rely for what you know as like for quasi governmental mm. function the, the mob but that ended look the Itali- you know that ended almost a century ago they the, the mob evolved into just a bunch of people who made it a lot of money by committing crimes and they weren't really doing any good you know they, they one last thing john's lawyer was 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 uh, famous for saying John cleaned up the drugs off the New York streets. He he had drug dealers in his own blood family. We convicted Gene Gotti of heroin trafficking and they were in his crew and the drug dealers all over the mob. That wasn't their principal source of revenue, labor racketeering was, but this notion that they cleaned up the streets is ridiculous. (laughs) All right,
2: I know you have to go. I wish we had so much more time. Uh, with you because I've got a million other questions Um, and maybe we can have you back on at another point in time, but fascinating. And thank you for everything that you've done for the system in general, as a prosecutor and as a, as a judge. Um, So thank you for that. John Gleason, the Gotti Wars, taking down America's most notorious mobster, It's the book. It's the memoir. You get it anywhere. Books are sold Amazon. I'm assuming uh, books, Barnes and Noble, so on and so forth. Um, You're all around the place. You're on television. You're on radio, and you made time for us. So we appreciate that, sir. Thank you so much.
6: Thanks for having me on your show. Great to meet you guys. Take care, John. Bye bye. Hold up.
5: Wait a
2: minute. Let's hear from our sponsors. Look, doing a new kitchen or bath, that's a big undertaking, right? So you want to go to somebody that's like a one-stop shop, like UCI Kitchen and Bath. They've been Atlanta's number one cabinet, granite, and quartz fabricator and installer for the past 20 years. That's what I'm talking about, a one-stop shop. Uh, They provide the installation of whatever you buy. Speaking of, you mentioned the BS, the Bailey Show podcast, and you're getting 10% off your regularly priced countertops. That's a nice little savings, right? You can visit the Norcross, Georgia showroom location, let their design team transform your kitchen and bathroom into a beautiful and functional environment to fit your personality. It's just upping your property value. You can get with all the latest trends because they got them right there on the showroom, servicing all of Georgia and parts of Alabama, Tennessee, North Carolina, South Carolina, and Florida. How do you get a hold of them? very simple ucigranite.com the letters u c i the word granite.com look i know what it's like to start up a small business and run a small business that's what this is What can you do to take the next step? Create Graphics can help you out with that. They're a full-service graphics company that specializes in graphic design, and they've got some really good ones in-house. Wide-format printing and graphic installation. Specializing, again, in vehicle wraps, corporate events, interior and exterior events, graphic design, And apparel. A lot of the stuff of the BS Podcast, if not all the stuff, comes from Create Graphics. Creategraphics.net. That's C-R-E-A-T-E-G-R-A-P-H-I-X.net. Or 770-369-9962. That's 770-369-9962. Serving Metro Atlanta and shipping worldwide. Create Graphics. They definitely know what they're doing. Excellent customer service and communication in every project will get a one on one experience from start to finish. Again, create graphics with an X.net. Son of a bitch! I'll be loving you forever, just as
6: long as you subscribe to The Bailey Show. Nobody is going to save you now. If you like what you hear, then get a full seven days a week plus of new content by subscribing.
5: PodcasttheBS.com.
0: It's better than radio. Merry Christmas, Mother.
7: Hey everybody, it's Brandon. Really appreciate your support for the past year and thank you for listening. Happy holidays.
1: Well, I guess back to the video stuff. We're thinking about what else we can do. Like, what other videos can we make? And I know there was a bit that used to be on the radio show and kind of at the beginning of this podcast called Smarter Marta. And that was where they went to random like bus riders at stations and asked them like generally easy trivia questions and let listeners guess. Are they going to get it right or wrong? And the winner, you know, gets a little prize or whatever, gets some tickets to a show. And it's surprisingly difficult because they'll, like, remember who was the Queen of England back in, like, 17, you know, 32, but they'll forget, like, where in the world Alaska is. No, it's not part of Russia, you know? So it's pretty insane. We don't have Marta here, but we do have Carta. I don't know if that's a knockoff version or whatever, so no promises, guys, but we're thinking about doing a video version of Smarta Carta for y'all. We know you loved it. Maybe we'll get something going there with it. Um, So yeah, let's wrap this up. It's been fun. Maybe we'll do this more often if the people demand it. Uh, Y'all might have hated this so far, but it's been fun for us. And Travis, if you're still out there, buddy, my offer still stands. Although maybe on the way into the first punch, we'll just high five and grab a beer. I'm down for that.
0: Later, boys and girls. Ciao. And back to you, Jason.
2: I just thought of this when I went up to the bathroom. My my wife left me alone with Nikki D at the house. Isn't that weird?
3: No. Why Can you leave why the camera on? Matter?
2: I mean, she must trust us.
3: I mean, what are we going to do? Touch. Get out of here. <laughs> she knows better than that. Yeah, but yeah, get
2: get out of Chris Paul's mom. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, it's you just don't, don't normally leave boys alone with girls.
3: Boys along with girls. We're grown yeah, we're all women adults. and men. We're not boys yeah, and girls. That,
2: I I wouldn't leave my wife home alone with... Well, I guess she goes over to their houses. You know, she's showing houses. She's with boys yeah, all Yeah, she time. does
5: that for a living, literally. Just yeah. goes to strangers' houses by themselves, by herself.
3: <laughs>
2: probably sleeping with every single one of them.
3: No, she's not.
2: I bet you she is. I
3: bet you she's not.
2: She's a porn star. Yep. She's Rachel the... Real estate porner Porn star Oh
3: you didn't make her A rhino this time
2: Like She does She does porns called Home a bone Stuff like that <laughs>
5: The horny hippo That's her I saw, That's why I say You didn't make her A rhino <laughs>
3: this time <laughs> The real estate rhino
2: The railing Real estate rhino <laughs> <laughs> Eh, that's funny. Uh, so can we talk Ozark here or just real quick? Oh, well, let me pull this up. Um, so since I've been binge watching Ozark in which, by the way, Nikki, why do you think that's weird that I'm binge watching Ozark?
3: You don't really binge watch anything.
2: No, you're right. That's actually going to be my one of my points here is and no one should. It is horrible for your health.
3: I love it. I'm binge watching Game of Thrones right now.
2: It is so oh. bad for your health. I have, Ozark has made me gain five pounds because (laughs) I can't stop watching the damn thing. Never seen an episode. Now I'm up to season four. I only have a few episodes left. And so, uh, well, I'm almost done. I mean, well, I like crushed through this thing, but I can't sit there and watch it without putting something in my mouth. Like that, like when I eat chips and stuff like that, I drink them out of a cup, but I don't like, like, you know, I I, I, trail mix is my Achilles heel. Like I have to have trail mix, but I don't just have a handful of trail mix. I have a fucking solo cup of trail mix. That's so much sugar, so many calories. That's so bad for you. And I've done it throughout the entire damn show. And now I got to go on a crash diet before we get to the Bahamas, all because this fucking show and binge watching. If you binge watch, you're an unhealthy person. You need to not do that. It is. (laughs) It is really, really bad. Don't
5: eat snacks during it. Just
2: it's not the binge it's not the binges fault it's the snacks fault <laughs> well you're right but I, I i'm telling you i can't help it i mean i've got a pretty good i've got good willpower i really do but when it comes to like i gotta have a dip in or and i can't dip the entire time or my lips gonna fall off so you, you you're gonna dip in uh or i got snacks I, or i fall asleep like that's the thing if i'm not doing something with my mouth i'm gonna fall asleep i just fall asleep out of nowhere.
7: <laughs> i don't know where you're, like, you're like chewing gum or you can blow bubbles
2: yeah, I can't. I wish I could do chewing gum, but I can't because it gets caught in my teeth. I don't know why. Like, it'll get stuck in my teeth, and then I'll have gum in my teeth. It's just weird. I don't know. I can't do it. I wish I could. So, I need something to suck on. Uh, but but it has to last. Like, if I'm sucking on anything, I'll just bite it and I'll down it. Like a lifesaver or a tick, uh, not tick tock, tick You know, I just I can't do it. So, unless I had that never ending gobstopper from Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory, I'm just kind of screwed. You'd know? you eat ice. <laughs> Like flavored ice? I do eat ice. Not even flavored ice. It's what's left in my drink if I'm having a soda pop, which I, I'm allowed to have one a day. I have one a day. And uh, and I'll, I'll eat the ice cubes. But that's horrible for your teeth. And it's noisy. Who wants to watch Ozark while somebody's chewing on ice cubes next to you? That's a dick move. You know. So, I don't know. I'm yeah, having problems. Sure
5: some, of the, some of those rice cakes you used to have. We were talking about the other day.
2: They're not as healthy as you think they are. You know, especially... And they're not good. Uh, oh, they're delicious! I disagree with you. They're delicious. They're, they're gross. Absolutely. So, it's I, like you're eating air. I'm
5: starting. Yeah, to It's like pack, it's packing peanuts with flavor on it. <laughs> yeah.
2: So A I just bit of salt. <laughs> I, I, I just my go-to now is just hard-boiled eggs. I just eat hard-boiled eggs all the time. Just like I'll lick it and I'll suck it. <laughs> Did you fart? Now it's just me and my eggs in bed. <laughs> oh, they don't set well with my stomach, but yeah, they, they're 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 good snack. It Gets me full, and uh, that's
3: not good for you either, though. It's high in cholesterol.
2: Well, I don't have a cholesterol problem. You're going to have a problem somewhere. I'd rather have a high cholesterol problem than a fat problem. Uh, I, I, maybe I'm not that fat, but I got to I got to shed like five or six pounds before I go to the Bahamas.
3: You're not fat at all.
2: Mm. Yeah. Well, tell that to my underwear that don't stay like the band around in the front. kind of flops down a little bit. That bothers me. <laughs> 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 you know what I mean? <laughs> the, yeah. Your belly kind of pushes the band down in the front, but not on the sides, on <laughs> the back, just in the front. Fucking drives me insane. I'm like, that's when you know you got a problem. (laughs) Uh, All right. So I want to talk Ozark because I'm so, this is like the best television show ever. It really is. And I know I'm so late. I I know you, you are right. And I am wrong. Brandon, you the same. You're right. I am wrong. Let's just get that out of the way. All right. You're right. I'm wrong.
5: We're we're not rubbing it in. We're just saying it's a great show and we're happy that you have now
2: accepted it and, and jumped in and you enjoy it as well. I'm a little bit too accepting of it. Like, my life revolves around Ozark. It, it really does. And I can't watch it without my wife. I'll fall asleep, and she'll get through, like, maybe the rest of the episode, but I'll pick it up the next day in the gym when we're on the treadmill. So it's all good. We got a system. Um, are, you, are you into this, Nikki?
3: I watched the first five episodes, and it was boring. I couldn't Ooh. watch it no more.
2: Okay, you can leave now. <laughs> That's like boring. saying my dog's ugly. This no. is, the without a doubt, the best show ever.
3: I try everybody when it first was bandwagon and everybody was like Ozark, Ozark, Ozark. My friends like, please watch it. So I'm like, okay, I sit down, I watch it. I get through five episodes. I'm like, listen, this is boring. This I cannot watch any more of This like, no, it's gonna get better. You said that the first five episodes. No,
2: do you think it's subconsciously because there's not enough black people in it?
3: It has nothing to do with there not being enough because there's people no in black
2: it. people in, in the Ozarks.
3: It's just so slow.
2: Yeah. Why? So they they live in what's called the Ozarks. But like yeah, Ozarks. Yeah. Yeah. That That's what it's called. The area is the Ozarks, even though all filmed for the most part in Georgia at Lake Altoona and Lanier and stuff, but, um, and up in stone mountain, the, but why is it called just Ozark? If it's called the Ozarks?
3: Sounds cooler.
2: Yeah, maybe. Oh. I
5: don't know. I used to go to the Lake of the Ozarks like every summer with my family. Um, cause it's not far from us and it's in, I think it's, I can't remember what part of Missouri it's in. Um, but it's not far from us in Iowa and we go there all the time and I don't know why they just didn't film it there. It looks exactly the same as it does in Georgia, but <laughs> I mean, I guess they get the tax breaks for filming it and everything. Um, but I think the mountain or not mountain, they're basically Hills. I think their name, like those are the, those are the Ozarks. So they called it Ozark. I don't know why. Or maybe there's some kind kind of copyright thing with the the city or the area or something.
2: So it's kind of, this is new territory for me. Because you're right, Nikki, I'm not a binge watcher guy. So I feel that if a show's already out and it's been out for this long, you should be able to talk about it. I mean, the, the show came out in 2017. That's how long ago it came out. Right. But the new season just came out, and they just released the last five episodes not that long ago. Um, so, like, I'm, I'm struggling here with the the spoiler alert thing, because I've only really talked up to episode four, I think, on, on the podcast. I think I can, I can openly talk about this, right?
5: I don't think the second half of season four you can. Well, I haven't seen it um, yet, so that's fine. Okay, yeah, that... The the issue you're gonna have with, and I think at least the issue with me is, I don't remember the first two or three. Like you, I saw you posting about certain things, and I'm like, I don't remember that character. So I think that might be the. I think you can talk about it, but people might not remember what you're talking about because it did come out, you know, five years ago.
2: Well, I I I believe I've solved the spoiler problem that radio personalities have. Just don't watch it when it first comes out wait five or six years and then binge watch it. And nobody can say you're giving them spoilers because it came out so long ago. You know, I think that's the way you do it because I haven't gotten beaten up on anything that I've talked about watching this. Uh, but there was somebody on our Facebook page. I don't, I I, I, I stopped reading them. Like I read one or two. I thought he was joking at first just to kind of, be quote-unquote funny, but I guess he was just being a dick and giving away spoilers to everybody, and people got pissed off. Uh, this guy, Johnny, emailed me personally. I don't know how he got my email, but he emailed me personally, and he said, uh, could you please relay a message to this person? And I was like, sure.
1: Okay, guys, I needed to go on a fucking quick rant for a second because this motherfucker, Travis Thompson has been posting some bullshit in our fucking Facebook group after Jason Bailey explicitly said that he was enjoying the new Ozark, as I have been, proceeds to post fucking spoilers from the very last episode onto our Facebook page. Tell you what, not fucking surprised. You scroll through his fucking profile pictures, motherfucker won't even show himself. He's just got some dumbass Confederate flags. Bro, I don't give a fuck who you look like. I was going to scope you out, see how big you were, but I don't give a shit. Let's meet somewhere, you and me, We'll get the rest of whoever BS2 peers want to come out. Piedmont Park, little five points. Let's fight, bro. Let's fucking go. I don't appreciate people who spoil shit like that. Not just for me, for the rest of the people, including Jason Bailey. And this group needs to be fucking better than this shit. So, asshole, let's fucking fight. You pick the time, the place, I'll fucking meet you. Let's go. Come on, guys. Let's do better than this fucking shit
2: hey this guy's very passionate um i'm almost afraid to talk about anything because this guy might not have seen it yet and i don't want him going after me he's very passionate i don't want you guys to fight by the way um so- i do let's have the first I- bs fucking boxing match somewhere, <laughs> yeah.
5: and i will come back for it
2: <laughs> well, well whoever this travis guy is balls in your court so if you want to leave us a message Feel free to do that. You can do it right on the Spotify app if you use it, or you can record it like this guy did and send it to us somehow. I don't care.
7: Yeah, I saw I saw he posted that, but I remember I spoiled it for myself because we were talking about it. We're like, wait, is the second half out already? And as soon as I look up part two, uh, it's right there. I'm like, oh, God, almighty, you got to be kidding me. That's I, the worst spoiler.
2: I've actually avo- not, per- like, I haven't sought out to personally avoid the spoilers, I just haven't seen any of them you know, there's been like a couple posts about season four. And I just didn't even re- like I saw the word Ozark and I just didn't read it. Um, so I haven't been force fed any spoilers yet with the exception of one. And it hasn't happened yet, you know, but you all you kind of have to assume that this person's going to die. Um, like Omar is still alive where I'm at watching Ozark. Um, the, I noticed that in season four, they're spending a lot of time back in Chicago. And I wondered, okay, so it seems like they get in the car and then 20 minutes later, they're from the Ozarks to Chicago. Do you know how long of a drive that is in real life? Yeah, it's,
5: I, I said the same thing. And maybe they forget if the Ozarks is in like central Missouri and Chicago, that has, I, I haven't looked it up, but it has to be, 10, 12 hours, or ten hours, or something. Eight hours, maybe. It's eight and a half. Yeah,
2: eight and a half yeah. hours.
5: I thought the same thing when I was watching. I was like, "Those cities aren't that close. They mm. wouldn't be jumping. They they're not driving. They'd be flying." Yeah.
2: Um. So why do we like this show so much, and why does Nikki no dislike the show so much? It, N-
5: Nikki doesn't like it because, it, like she said, it it is a slow show. It's a drama. Mm. Um. It's a lot like Breaking Bad, which is another phenomenal show. Um. It's. And it, it kind of like Walking Dead, where there's a lot of action, and then there's just kind of a lot of dialogue and scheming and stuff like that. Um, so I can see why Nikki doesn't like it. Um, I think we like it just because it's it's this uh, it's kind of the reason why we watch the Crazy Bitch Network. It's these things that are happening in wholesome, you know, cookie cutter families that don't normally happen, and you're like, holy shit, this person killed someone. So it's kind of the same thing. You're watching you're like. Marty bird is this kind of geeky, you know, accountant type of guy. And, you know, he gets into with these other people. And then all of a sudden he's a, you know, a murderer and he's a drug dealer. and He's a, a launderer and he does all these things. Um, so I think that's, the, that's the grab on it is just that average home or average family that has turned to this life of crime. See, I don't yeah, yeah, and
7: probably that it could be true, you know, well, obviously it's not based on a true story, but there are cartels and I'm sure someone's laundering their money somewhere.
2: See, I don't think it's a slow show, you know, uh, you know cause I, 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 Nate, you know, this, you'll tell me to watch certain shows and I'll bail I'll be like, it's just way too slow for me. And you're like, what are you talking about? So you, you know, my attention span is very, very short. So I thought from the very beginning, I was hooked, you know, the, the, the scene with his partner, you know I mean? It starts out with action. It starts out with, you know, killing and all that stuff, but there's a lot of murder and dying and stuff. And there's, if you watch shows like this, because people have a tendency to go, Oh, this is bullshit. This isn't real. No shit, dude. It's a television show, but people want the reality in it. This is as far fetched as you get, but it's one of those shows that you go, is it? You know, you're like, there's no way there could be so many people dying in such a small town and nothing be done about it. And you go, well, maybe there is. (laughs) You start to question the system and going, this could possibly happen. I agree with you, Brandon. I, you know, obviously we do know that there's cartels that exist. How many lily white cookie cutter American families are doing this? This has, I mean, this isn't just fabricated made up out of the blue there's somebody that has to have done this or is currently doing this in America has to be there's people that launder money all the time Uh, and then it just snowballs from there as what happened in the show so I don't know I'm fucking this is this is good so I can't, yeah. I can't stop watching. Can't stop eating you, trail mix. you should get on break.
5: You should get on breaking bad though. Right. After that, I think some one other people in the two peers, one at a time, yeah, one but, at a time. but <laughs> after you finish this, if you're, if you have an itch to, cause that's what always happens. Whenever you finish a whole series, you have this kind of depression period where you're like, I don't know what to do with my life. How are the birds doing right now? What are they up to? And, uh, and you realize there's nothing left to watch and it's sad. So if you need some kind of, uh, post binge breakup, uh, garbage to all well, not garbage because breaking bad is a phenomenal show it has all these awards and stuff so you should definitely watch that next
2: well i i've already found my my second show my next show oh, what is it? i've What's already that? started it actually so i'm i'm cheating on ozark with meltdown three mile island Oh, time. I did see, I saw that
5: pop up on Netflix. I haven't seen it yet though.
2: Oh, uh, so far I'm only uh, season 1 episode 1. Started watching it in the gym the other day. It's about the the meltdown through my island, Pennsylvania, 79 mm-hmm. nuclear power plant. The oh. only one that's ever happened on American soil. It's pretty good. I mean, you I like to learn things. I don't this know much a documentary. about documentary. Uh, no, yeah. Yeah. Is it a docu-series? Is that what it is? It's a docu-series, yeah, because they they, oh. they have people that worked there that are telling the story. Mm-hmm. It's pretty much, hey, it's been long enough, the cover-up, we need to stop this and let the American people know what really happened.
3: Oh, okay.
2: It's one of those types of things. you know, Because when we think nuclear meltdown, we all think Chernobyl, but we had one on American soil in 79 in Pennsylvania, at three-mile island. Just been, you know, I was four years old at the time. None of you guys were even born. So, uh, yeah, so it's cool to learn about it. So, that's what I said. Here's a trivia question for you. If Google is correct, Nate, you can answer first. I Googled this. Why? I have no idea. Probably for the same reason I got directions from the Ozarks to Chicago, Illinois, just because I was curious. How many times is the word fuck said in? The four seasons of the Ozarks. And this includes uh, flashbacks, everything. The word fuck. How many fucks are in the show?
5: Oh, God. Four seasons. How many episodes is usually a season?
2: Ten. Except for the fourth, there's 15.
5: Ten. I mean, God, I don't know. 10,000? 10,000.
2: All right, Nikki?
3: I'm going to say 15,000.
2: 15,000 fucks. Brandon, how many fucks do you give? Uh, I'd say 150. 150 fucks. Brandon, you would win. Believe yeah. it or not, 258 fucks used in Ozark. Yeah, I figured oh,
7: really? it was like two to five a uh, episode
2: is what I was guessing. I thought that was way low. I don't think that's correct, yeah. but that's what Google said.
5: Yeah, I would because, I mean, you're thinking four seasons, 40, 40-some episodes maybe, and they they have to be saying it more than two or three. If one character says it, they're going to say it more than once. So but, I would think it'd be
2: like ten or fifteen or something. But see, here's the thing: I think or 100. I think that we think there are more fucks than what are really there. So 258 might be right because really Ruth is the only person that overly fucks on the show. Nobody else says the word fuck as much as she does. Well, she says it
5: uh, very strongly. Like, Marty might be like, Jesus, what the fuck are you doing right now? Or something, you know, just saying it in like, very quickly. But, yeah, Ruth, has, she has a good
2: fuck. She's great. This is a phenomenal Working actress. She's, a, I mean, an amazing actress. Amazing. Yeah. Uh, inventing Anna. Have you seen that, Nikki? I have. Oh, God. The attorney that we have on the show, Manny Aurora, right? Mm-hmm. He's representing the real-life Anna Delvey right now in New York.
3: Representing her for what?
2: Uh, I don't know. What her, is that? Uh, her immigration trial? Yeah. Her oh. immigration trial. Yeah. She could, if she wanted to just go like, what do you say to Germany and, and be fine, but she wants to fight it cause she wants to stay here. To stay here. So he travels up to New York to represent the real Anna Delvey. Wow. Isn't that, that cool? Is cool. Mm-hmm. And the, the, my favorite character from outside of her is the uh, black girl.
3: There was no black girl.
2: Oh yes, there is her her friend that worked in the hotel.
3: Oh, you mean inventing Anna? Okay. Yeah. I thought you meant Ozark. Come oh no, 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 I didn't see a black girl in Ozark.
2: No, no, no the the black girl. She's my favorite character. I forget her name, but she's booked. We're gonna have her on the podcast here Ooh. in the next couple of weeks. She's an amazing actress. Yeah, I like her. She like out of all the acting that was done, I think in inventing Anna outside of uh, the girl. I don't even know her name that plays Anna Delvey. Um, is her. I thought she was tremendous. Like she, she just like Ozark, you know, you kind of gravitate towards a character and I'm trying to think like I was, I was talking to myself. While I was watching it. I was like, who's my favorite character. Usually it's not the main character, but I'm such a Jason Bateman, Mark. I think the Marty bird character might be one of the best villains ever created because it's so the anti-villain. It's not the, it's not your, you know, you, it is and is he even the villain, right? When you've got guys like Omar and Javi, uh and, and you name it. There's so many bad guys. They're all bad guys. Outside and the FBI's even not even a good guy, to be honest with you, when they start getting involved. So favorite character from the show, Nate, who would you take? Ruth, probably.
5: Uh yeah, I guess Ruth. Um, I kind of like the kid, uh Jonah. Um but I don't know. I don't feel like Jason Bateman's a villain. He's, he's always seemingly trying to do that. He's always trying to get his family out of the situation. He's always trying to help Ruth out. Even when she gets upset and is trying to fuck them over, he's always trying to be the voice of reason. If anything, I think, uh, Wendy is the, is the big villain, but yeah, I feel like he's always trying to like make things right. And he's kind of the good guy, but he does have to do bad things sometimes. So yeah, I guess he is kind of a villain. Um, but yeah, I think, uh, yeah, I think maybe Jonah. I think it's kind of funny that he's followed in his father's footsteps and, um, and just they have no problem with him doing this. They, they don't <laughs> shut it down or anything. They're just like, yeah, go ahead and launder money. I know you're in high school or however, the, however old he is. but And, and these kids. Yeah, I, li- I like Jonah.
2: These kids went through a crazy growth spurt from season two to season four, especially three. Langmore. I mean, that kid, like, we we're, were in, uh, I think, episode 10 of season four. And this is when Ruth comes back from Chicago. And we're looking at him going, that's not the same kid that tried to stop her from going to Chicago. And we actually looked it up to see if there was a different character that played him. He looks like he's 35 years old now. You know, he was this, like, short, stubby, little, fat, red-headed kid. And now he, he looks like Eric Stoltz in some kind of wonderful... You know, it's just like, what, what happened? Same with Jonah, Jonah. They, and they all grew. They, they've got a lot of ugly people in this show. Like the, the kids are really, really weird looking. There's weird looking people. The new cartel attorney, even the original attorney, Helen fucking weird. She was like the Hispanic Jane Lynch. They, 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 it's like they, the cat, they cast it odd looking people. Uh, I don't even know if the new cartel attorney is a guy or a girl. It's such a fucking weird-looking dude, guy, girl, chick, whatever. Wyatt, he looked like a deformed Patrick Swayze brother. You know, just some weird little gerbil nose. Just very odd-looking people in this whole thing.
3: Your descriptions are cracking me up. Well, they are. I mean, am, am I am I, am I well, off? they...
5: No, but that, they did that on purpose. This is, they cast them for the parts. The, this is how these kind of backwoodsy Missouri people look like. I mean, why it's a fucking meth head. So that's what he's going to, he's not going to be good looking. He's going to be ugly. Yeah, and Ruth, trashy, but there's something about her that's sexy. Maybe. It's the same thing as the in the Anna Delvey thing. It's because it's that confidence. Yeah. It's even though she's a little trailer trashy, she's kind of oh, yeah. sexy because she's just she knows what the
2: fuck she wants and she's gonna do it, and that's that's sexy, I think. And I don't usually like curly hair, but that blonde, like it, it's just something about her. It's just something the 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 skinny jeans and it's just. Something about her. Just very, very sexy. Drinking beer yeah. all the well, time.
5: The da- I think the daughter is the hottest one on the show, that uh Charlotte.
7: Charlotte. Yeah,
2: Okay, well she's under eighteen, so weird. But uh Well no
5: in real that's life in no, she's twenty two in real life. That's on Happy the show. See?
2: There you go. Oh, is she really? Okay. Mm. I wonder if you could do a sex scene with a you can't do a sex scene on yeah, you can I guess. A sex scene in a in a in a movie or television show with a minor.
7: Have you, I mean, Nikki's watching a game of thrones,
5: she knows.
3: Yes. Lots of minor-ish type of sex scenes in Game of Thrones. Are you talking about yeah. m-
5: fourteen, thirteen? There, are, are you talking about minor in the show, or like, or minor in real life? Minor in real life. Oh no. Yeah, yeah. Because remember that was the big thing with Brooke Shields. She did. Like, I mean, it wasn't a sex scene, but that but was, she in was the a nine. Yeah, but yeah, but she was naked. Um. So yeah, I mean, I guess he
2: could. Blue Lagoon. Yeah, but that that was in the eighties when we didn't know any better. You know, <laughs> time, times have changed a little bit where you wouldn't be. That's why I didn't know how old she was in real life. And they had the sex scene and which I still think was like, there's still some gaps in this show that I'm hoping I'm assuming that they're going to fill as you get closer to the end. Like when she lost her virginity, like what, how did that fit in? You know? So I'm, I'm in my head. I keep thinking that I'm like, okay, they're spending more time back in Chicago. maybe, the guy that she lost her virginity to is going to play a role at some point. Um, I don't know, you know? Uh, so there's, there's like these weird little, um, we, we still, you know, never found out what the Snells had over the sheriff. We never learned that.
7: I don't remember that part. Whoa. Oh, the debt they owed to him or the he, debt owed, he
2: owed. Yeah. He owed to yeah. that. But that was all of like the first two seasons because the sheriff was the authority figure. And, you know this when the Snells were introduced to the show, they were like, uh, "You know, you owe us a debt," and, would, and and he would cower down to them. We never found out what that debt was. I was always curious what the debt was.
5: Yeah, I don't know. I don't remember if they ever said that. I thought it was just they, you know, they they could kill any of the the law enforcement because they they have these cartel connections. So they're just afraid of them, maybe.
2: No, they, he did something. There was something that happened years ago that he's ever forever in debt to, but now he's no longer there. So, uh, you know, we'll, we'll never know. It's very exciting. I, I know you're very bored right now. She's like packing up, she's closing up her laptop. She's like, <laughs> I came with what I needed to do and I'm, I don't want to listen to this shit. I have no, no idea.
3: Oh, It just died. So that's why I closed it. She's like,
2: I'm out of here. I don't want to talk about this. Ozark stuff anymore. <laughs> Brandon, who's your favorite character?
7: Uh, I would have to say Marty. I just like the way he handles things and yeah. he usually keeps a level head all the time.
2: Yeah. Who's your favorite? Who's your favorite like secondary character?
7: Uh, yeah, definitely Ruth, because she's kind of like a little Marty.
2: But I think she's a she's a she's a primary character. How about your? Oh, fa- the, how about your favorite oh. character that's dead? Or is that too spoilerish?
7: Uh, no, I I guess my other favorite character would probably be uh, what's what's the guy that ran lickety splits and runs Ruth's motel? Oh, He's the, the, engaged to the, the, the
2: stripper. Yeah, Jade, the nerdy guy. I forget his yeah. name, but yeah, I know the stripper's just, name.
7: I just find it so funny that you know he's still naive to everything going on. Yeah, it's like, oh, you
2: know, I don't really know. I'm just kind of here. <laughs> he still isn't. Like, <laughs> how do you how do, how do you have this big of an operation and you yeah. they, they tell so many people uh, and and nobody talks or they all talk and nobody does anything about it. It's absolutely nuts uh, how this whole thing and Marty and Wendy are always like one great thing about this show is they're always so cool, calm, and collected, even though their lives are in danger all the time. And the yeah. way Marty talks to people that could kill him is crazy because he's not an a, 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 a intimidating figure by no stretch. Like Nate said, he's as nerdy as Jason Bateman. You know, he's wearing slacks and a plaid shirt, you know, dress shoes. He's talking to the cartel like, fuck you you fucked up don't ever fucking do that again you come around my family i'm going to fucking kill you <laughs> it's like but anyway back to business <laughs> and they do business yeah. again
5: yeah yeah do you remember um her heavy seat yeah you've probably have seen um Wendy's Wendy's dad that came back
2: yeah 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 yeah
5: yeah do you know who he is do you remember like like who who he play he's what he's famous for he's a famous actor and i couldn't put my finger i had to look it up but i couldn't put my finger on it oh no who oh. He was uh, John Boy from the Waltons. Oh,
2: really? Okay. That, oh, that's so crazy. Th- that's probably why I read an article about him the other day. Um, oh, no, no, no. I'm talking about some. Did John Boy from the Waltons also play? He was in Fletch Lives. He was the kid in the car. I think he was. He was the redheaded kid in the car that stole the car. See if he's in Fletch Lives. Because I read an article on him the other day about how he got out of the business. It didn't
5: come up. Let me see if I can find out who he is, Who that is.
2: Yeah, just go to IMDb and and, and look up his name and, and then go from there. Oh, also, you said to me when I first started watching it that there was a celebrity cameo and see if you can spot him. Are you talking about uh, Killer Mike? Yeah. Yeah. You didn't like it? I, I
5: didn't like I I just felt like it was out of place and it was just a stretch to kind of include... An, a, you know, like on um, Walking Dead. We'll when put z- the zombies... Zombie in- yeah, or like some fan wanted to, uh, some celebrity fan wanted to be involved, or not saying Killer Mike wanted to be. And I love Killer Mike. I just felt like it was very out of place. It didn't really make any sense. Ruth isn't listening to fucking rap music for a whole episode. Like it was just random. It was so it was strange to me.
2: I didn't mind it. I, I had no problem with it. I, I thought it was cool. I liked the rap music that she was listening to because it said that, that older gangster stuff, you know? So I, I thought it kind of went with the storyline. Um, for but why
5: he just happens to be in this diner and they just
2: talk. No that just she, it seemed weird. They referenced her liking rap music from the beginning. She would she would she would bring it up with Wyatt. You know, not just the flashback stuff that we're seeing recently, but if you go back to the first couple episodes, she would she would mention different rap songs. Um so that that was already laid out. Well, you and I both know the reason why Killer Mike's in there is because he's a big deal especially in Atlanta. And yeah. there's a relationship with somebody on the show and they wanted to give him a some type of part. I, I got no problem with that. I really don't. It happens all the time. Even in one of the Star Wars, Daniel Craig, as big as Daniel Craig is, wanted to be in Star Wars. He's a fucking stormtrooper. You know, I know that he's got a mask on and you don't see Daniel Craig. Um, in one of the Star Wars, uh, the big fight scene with the Jedis, I forget which one it was, but they, there's like certain celebrity cameos that are just jedis fighting randomly. They just want it to be in the movie. But you always say
5: you hated that about Star Wars when there's like Samuel L. Jackson in it. You're like, oh, he can't be in it because you think of all of his roles and stuff. And as a major know, player, but,
2: as a major player, but not as, yeah, a, as but, a cameo. I don't have a problem with but cameo.
5: The, this looks like he has a new album coming out, and he's just you know his record company's paying them to to be in the show or something. I just found it weird because there was none of that. It was. It's almost like a jumping the shark moment. It was like they it's like adding an extra character like why are you doing this right now it makes no sense within the show because you haven't done this in the entire there wasn't any other celebrity cameos in all of the episodes and then just this one strange one i don't
2: know that's not true what there was there was another kevin cronin when was he in he was it was the whole episode of (laughs) art the lead singer for Aria Speedwagon.
7: oh yeah 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 when they were doing the fundraiser on the on the casino on the boat
2: yeah kevin cronin is the lead singer no, oh, that was that was the like for three or four episodes, that's all they talked about was REO Speedwagon.
7: Because <laughs> you know, they had him there and he's like, so what do you say to him? He's like, so how much money are we laundering or some shit like that?
2: Yeah, Dickie, the 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 roadie, you know, the manager <laughs> of Ario Speedwagon. <laughs> he's oh, like, yeah. Yeah. And the reason why they had to have REO Speed, what was the reason like was that when they first got in with the Kansas City mob and there were certain bands that they like and if they got REO Speedwagon, that was like the upper echelon? There was, there was, I forget who they were talking to, but it was like, yeah, you know, we had uh, Molly Hatchet or something like that, but if you can get REO Speedwagon, we can have a deal. And Wendy's like, okay, we'll get REO Speedwagon. Shouldn't be too difficult. <laughs> Which REO Speedwagon, in my opinion, is one of the greatest rock bands ever. I mean, I love REO Speedwagon. There's, a, there's not one song that even the non-REO Speedwagon fan would not know if you went to an REO Speedwagon concert. They are the best especially New Year's Eve band that you can book. I used to host the New Year's Eve party almost every year at Universal Studios in uh, Orlando, and every year they'd have Ario Speedwagon, and every year I loved it. And every year I'd go yeah. out there and introduce them, and every year I'd have a blast. I love REO Speedwagon. They're the best. They're the best this ever. Anyway, all right. Any more Ozark stuff before I get to Better With Fuck? Well, no, nothing I can, can think of. It. Nikki, you have anything to add? Sure don't. Yeah. Well, I mean, you get angry just because, I mean.
3: I'm I, not angry. I <laughs> forgot. I, said I, I don't.
2: I forgot that you were coming. I didn't actually think you were coming over today.
3: Thought, why, do you, why did you think I would say, hey, I'm coming. I'll be here at this time, and I'm just going to not show up. I
2: thought it was a joke.
3: What do I have the joke about? What's the payoff, as you would say? Yeah, she's pay-off.
5: not Brandon. <laughs> I was waiting for that. <laughs>
3: well, it was no. because the
2: conversation went like. Uh, you know, talking about your dad, I had so much to say. And then I, I think I threw it out there like, oh, you should come over and talk about it. You know, kind of like tongue in cheek, like, you know, as much as I love seeing you and having you a part of our show and stuff, I I didn't really mean for you to come over. (laughs) (laughs) And so, and then then you're like, all right, cool. What time? I thought it was kind of like, you understood that I didn't really mean it. And then you text me late last night and you're like, what time? And I'm going, oh shit, she really thought I meant it. And then I was like, well, if I tell her how early, you know, we start recording, then she probably won't come. And I told you, and you're like, all right, I'll be there. I'm like, oh, shit, okay.
7: (laughs) See, I understand when you say that. That's why I just don't show up.
2: Well, Brandon, you know, as future, you're never going to get an invite. So we're never going to have that problem again. You know? (laughs) Um, that you're a different situation. You know, poor Nikki. I, I didn't think she was coming. Over. But I'm glad you did. It's good to see you. Oh, thank I'm glad you, you participated <laughs> all week in the shows. People love you and they love your new podcast. I think you guys, you and Maddie are doing a phenomenal job. It is a very, very good podcast. I uh, can't thank you guys enough for, for putting it on the network. You guys do a very good job. Very, very funny.
3: Thank you. I appreciate you giving us the opportunity. You know, we're trying to get things better and better. We're still trying to get our audio together. Ugh. But I, I appreciate the opportunity. I knew when you first gave me the uh, idea and said, hey, find somebody. I knew that it would be Maddie and our chemistry together is good. So just let people see a different side of me. So,
2: yeah, I hear a lot of me and you.
3: You do? Yeah. OK,
2: I can, I can, I can hear you trying to navigate the waters.
3: Yeah, because Maddie goes real left, so I have to try to like pull us back. So I will say that you taught me how to take the lead when things is going left and like, all right, let's get back here and mm-hmm. go forward. Yeah,
2: you you had a really good lesson. <laughs> in our last situation on how a pro is able to take a mentally challenged brain. <laughs> and try to just make something of it. <laughs> so, yes, you guys do a very good job. Thank you. Um, all right. Uh, better with... Everything's better with fuck. Uh, what did I do this week? Oh, Mr. Rogers. I did Mr. Rogers. This week's edition has been for no reason whatsoever. Nobody suggested it. I don't even think I had a recommendation. I just figured Mr. Rogers would sound better for the little fuck in there. So, we'll see.
7: Whatever we do,
2: it's better with fuck. What? Everything's better with the All right, you ready to give a fuck about your health then? Check out Chef Erica, ericanicoleday.com. Experienced culinary medicine consultant and private chef with medical and high end restaurant background available for consulting on meal planning for weight loss, helping with medical conditions, or strict macros for bodybuilding and fitness training. Chef Erica, ericanicoleday.com. And she's just a great person. She really is. So sweet. Uh, she supports uh, over and beyond the uh, the podcast and everything that we do. And she wrote me this nice, very sweet, long email about meeting my brother for the first time and her situation. And she's just like, our our audience, our core audience are such good people.
3: Yeah, she gets her nails done with Madison now, too.
2: Oh, really? She does. Actually, I think that she just got <laughs> her lawn done by Sparky's Lawn Service, too. Yep. Am I right? Yeah, she posted a picture. Yeah. Uh, so everybody's kind of, you know, that's why we always tell you to to make sure you, you join the social media. Um, you can get all of our social media accounts off podcast, the but the, the community that, that we're building is just a lot of cool people that are helping each other out. And that's, that, that's the dream, right? Um, that's the idea is, you know, I know there's going to be people that have their two cents and the other people are going to disagree and they're going to go back and forth. But at the end of the day, everybody comes back together again under the same umbrella. So very, very cool. But again, PodcastTheBS.com. Subscribe to our YouTube channel. Great content. Hours and hours of great content. wee and Brandon do a phenomenal job. Uh, our TikTok, which is, for whatever reason, doing really well um and uh instagram uh twitter needs some help facebook and also the private facebook group just ask to join the two percenters private group and we'll let you in just don't be a dick and uh, we won't kick you out all right mr rogers All right, hold on let me i lost my page here hold on hold on all right mr rogers everybody brandon you i know nate does. mr you know who mr rogers is right brandon
7: yeah it's the the guy used to read stories to kids <laughs>
2: Nikki, would you like to explain to Brendan? Yeah.
7: They talked real soft and everything.
3: <laughs> he had a sweater on with some cool slacks. It was an actual show. He didn't just read letters to books to kids. It was oh. An actual show. Oh
7: no, 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 I'm thinking of Blue's Clues.
2: Yeah, I this, this Blue's Clues would not exist if it weren't for Mister Rogers.
7: <laughs> oh really?
2: Yeah, Mister Rogers is the OG.
7: But you've seen Blue's Clues, right? Yes, Brandon. I've seen you see where I can see. get that confused right there. No, not at
2: all. It's, I mean, not one even, does
7: have a blue dog,
2: not even <laughs> close. Not even close. Uh, Mr. Rogers' neighborhood, won't you be my neighbor? You know that?
3: Please, won't I know, you know that be my jingle. jingle.
2: Yeah, how's it go? Won't you be my neighbor? Mm-hmm. There's more to it. <laughs> Mr. Rogers <laughs> is my friend, <laughs> <laughs> he reads me and writes to me with a. do you know what famous african-american actor got their start on uh mr rogers neighborhood uh
7: samuel l jackson no uh danny glover no um mike tyson
5: no (laughs) i love that those are the three black guys you could think of (laughs) (laughs) i'm getting the more of them
2: (laughs) if you overcook your salmon you might know the answer
7: A uh, is he? Did you say an actor? Yes. Actor. Oh, oh. Um. Uh, Wesley Snipes.
2: How does that deal with the overcooking <laughs> your salmon?
7: You know, if you overcook it and your stomach might start hurting, feel like the fish is sniping your insides.
2: No. <laughs> if you wash really well, or even rinse a cop, you might know the answer. At least the first name. Wash a cop. Wash a cup.
7: Soap. D- Don
5: Bridges. No. Y'all Nate, do you know one the one answer? Guy. This is taking too long. You know the answer? No, I don't know. No. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Nikki? LeVar I'm Burton? guessing right along with
2: it. Who? Uh,
3: LeVar Burton. No, how, what does that have to do with burnt salmon? <laughs> burnt. Burton. That thing's burnt. Oh, I guess like it yeah, does. Very good. Player?
2: Nicely done. Lawrence Fishburn.
3: Oh, uh, I didn't even know that. Law, oh,
5: law, C- C- either. <laughs> yeah, no, I never would have guessed that. Yeah, what year were you born in 99? And, okay, well, that's when the Matrix came out.
3: You probably don't even so know, you know who Lawrence pro- Fishburne
5: is. It's not Burn, it's no. Burn. Lawrence Fishburne, he's not what Jewish. Well, she's eating a <laughs>
2: uh, burger on
5: her fit with her fish, and some of them are burning it. <laughs> it's
2: fine. <laughs> well, Mr. Rogers was not, not only did he have a television show, but he lived the gimmick, he was an advocate for children's education he went before congress he disagreed with the way the te- uh the television was going it was being too violent he was a great man he was a great human being um he would address big issues on his show at the time and i don't know the years that it was on um but i watched it as a kid he would address things like racism um you know there was a character that he had not the Lawrence Fishburne character I'm Oh wait a minute! I'm sorry. I'm gonna get beat up. Lawrence Fishburne did not come from Mister Rogers. I'm sorry, he came from Pee Wee's Big Adventure. That's my fault.
3: Okay, so who came from Mister Rogers? Nobody.
2: Um, <laughs> no, but
5: there was um, there was something. It was like the, wasn't there like a black mailman or something? Yes. And they talked
2: about racism. Yeah, they they, they that, that episode when they're sitting next to each other and they're like feet are in a pool. And they talk about it and they address it he was there for kids even during 9 11 and the show i think had already gone off the air but he did like a special because when you grow up with that stuff you know i mean i i grew up with some of the stuff that was older than i you know like that was already around like captain kangaroo uh romper room you know and then cartoons kind of took over you know the new age cartoons Not the old black and white, just Tom and Jerry, Bugs Bunny stuff. You started to get the G.I. Joes and all those types and wrestling and all these different programs come on Saturday. But um, yeah, he was a deal. He was a thing and he was a good thing, but he was very pure and fuck was not part of his vocabulary. So we're going (laughs) to add some. You guys are going to rate these four clips, one to 10, 10 being the best. The winner gets to play a second time. You understand this works? Got it. All right. Here's the first one. Everything's better with fuck. Mr. Rogers edition.
6: Who's made a difference
0: in your life? Oh, a lot of people. But a lot of people who have allowed me to... Fuck! And I don't think we give that gift very much anymore.
2: All right, Nate?
5: I'm going to start off with a seven. It was good. It was a good one, but I'm waiting to hear the other ones. All right, Brandon? Yeah, I think I'm going to go with a six. Oh, you're an asshole. All right, Nikki. I'm
3: going to give it a five.
5: A four. Okay.
2: <coughs> don't know who invited you today. All right. <laughs> Second one here. Everything's better with fuck, Mr. Rogers edition.
6: How many kids do you think are out there who, in 30 years, you've influenced, to who you've made a difference in and made them feel something special?
0: I, I, I don't care how many, even if it's just one. Uh, we're, we get so wrapped up in numbers in our society. And the most important thing is that we're able to... Fuck! ...one to one, you and I, with each other at the moment.
2: Gotta wait for it. Very slow. Just gotta wait for it. It's not a, it's, they're not clips that you overly fuck. It's just a one fuck in and out. I'm telling you. There's a science to this. Nate, one to ten.
5: I, I'm going to do a six on that one. I like the first one a little bit better. Mm. All right, Brandon.
7: Uh, fucking 101. Sounds good. I'm going to do a seven.
2: Nah, there you go. Uh, Nikki.
3: I'm going to do a six. Okay.
2: All right. I don't even think I'm going to ask anymore. <laughs> Here's the third one.
0: It's such a good feeling to... feel such a happy feeling. You're growing inside. And when you wake up, ready to
2: say... Fuck! That's a double fuck in a song.
6: Fuck!
2: When you're happy to say, fuck! Eight?
5: Uh, I actually couldn't hear it very well. Oh. Uh, um, give it a 10, I'll so, play it again. So I'm going to go with an eight, because I, I assume it's great. It is awesome, it's amazing, <laughs> Brandon. Yeah, it was better than the last two, so I'm going to go with eight.
2: There you go, two eights, Nikki.
3: I want to give it an eight as well. There you really go,
5: like
2: it's, yeah, it's the song, it's the music. Here's the last one.
0: I'd like to sing that To you and with you. Okay, Okay? sure. It's you. I. Fuck. It's not the things you wear. It's not the way you do your hair. But it's you. I. Fuck.
2: Oh, it makes me feel uncomfortable. Sorry. It's all. It's all. It's all jokes, people. It's all jokes. Sorry. Uh, Nate. (laughs)
5: Uh, that, I'm giving a nine on that guy mm, Yeah, you freaks uh, Brandon
2: <laughs>
7: <laughs> that was the best one I'll give it a nine <laughs> okay.
2: Nikki
3: I'm gonna give it a ten Because it made me feel uncomfortable
2: <laughs> Yeah, so Congratulations <laughs> Clip number four Better with fuck Mr. Rogers edition <laughs> <laughs> Let's feel uncomfortable One more time
0: I'd like to sing that To you and with you Okay, okay? sure It's you I ah! It's not the things you wear it's not the way you do your hair, but it's you. I love. fuck.
2: It's it's the the hairline that makes you feel. It's not the fucks. It's the hairline yeah. that makes you feel <laughs> really uncomfortable. <laughs> At least it does for me. Okay. For some uh, reason
7: fucking kids always wins.
2: Yeah, <laughs> you guys really like those fucks with the kids. Oh, fucking <laughs> weirdos. A very odd cast of oh, people man. we have here on this show. <laughs> Okay, uh, Nikki. Thanks for sitting in with us this week. Most of the week.
3: Thanks for having me. This was fun. Yeah, thank you. I feel like I'm working again.
2: Yeah, it does. Isn't it nice? It is. Yeah. Would you come over every time we record?
3: Probably not every time, but I probably come in a little bit more to get out of the house because I'm feeling unemployed.
2: Mm-hmm. Are you unemployed?
3: I am unemployed, but I, I didn't feel like it before. I'm feeling like it now.
2: How much money do you need?
3: How much money do I need? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't know. How <laughs> I need a lot of money. <laughs> <laughs> like right now if i were
2: to say how much money how much money do you need how much money do you need just right, right now, now today i'd
3: probably say $1000 a
2: thousand so if i give you $1000 right now it'd make your day
3: yeah
2: okay brandon do you have $1000 to give Nikki? <laughs> <laughs> no <laughs> she'll, I get,
5: I get she'll make it she'll just make it in 2 seconds on this uh meet me
2: are you still on the meet me flip yeah on the meet flip app Yeah. what's that called
3: well, meet me. Yeah, meet me. Meet, meet me. me. Yeah. But I'm I've switched over to Tag now, so I'm still on meet me, but I've been streaming on Tag because mm-hmm. I wanted to kind of start over to get myself back moving, and um, I'm doing good over
2: there. Are you still uh, Black Iguana?
3: Yep, still Black Diamond or Black Diamond? Yep. Yeah. Black Iguana. And I still am she's being evolving. Found
2: she was friends. on Meet Me, now she's on Tag
5: Me, <laughs> and she's gonna be on Fuck Me. <laughs>
3: oh my God, that was
2: my joke. I was getting right. ready to say that same thing. Right, <laughs>
3: I was just waiting for the pause. <laughs>
2: <laughs> so, how much do you uh, make it on tag?
3: It just depends. Like last week, I think I made like $400. Damn. Yeah.
2: So, you're not unemployed.
3: I am unemployed.
2: Well, I mean, technically, we're, well, I'm not unemployed. I'm a self made man. I got a business going
3: on right now. Yeah. I mean, but you're pre- creating dividends from this. So, you're, you're getting money coming
2: in. Well, millions. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, all these subscribers that we have. It's crazy. All the advertisers. What we charge for advertising is ridiculous. $50,000 a minute. I just haven't told the rest of the show how much money I'm bringing in. My friend Marty uh, washes it for me. Yeah, that's why he goes to the Bahamas every year. That's right. Yeah, that's why You've got the, all the accounts down there. That's the thing. Well, don't feel, uh, is this the first time you've been out of a job? No. Oh, okay. So you know the feeling.
3: Yeah, I know yeah. the feeling. Just, That's why I want to get up, get out, do something.
2: I, I will tell you that the only three, uh, one, two, two other times. Two? Yeah, two other times that I've been out of work in this business. This is the third,
6: mm-hmm.
2: right? The radio business. Um, I stressed and I became angry and all I did was wait by the phone. I really did. This was planned out. Nate knows this. Nate and I have been planning this podcast thing out for a year before we started so a year and a half right because I knew it wasn't going to work there. I told you guys that every day. you did you just didn't believe me
3: I did not believe none you. of you me
2: I mean Nate <laughs> maybe did, but n- nobody else believed me. I just it's not going to work. I know when something's not working. I told the company that it wasn't going to work. so we start that's why I built this studio during the pandemic to prepare to do this because I know that I needed a microphone. I needed a voice. I needed to stay in people's ears and in people's lives. This is the first time I've ever been able to do that in my career. Broadcasters don't need a terrestrial radio station in order to tell their stories to an audience. You can find an audience. Now, is the money the same for some people? It is. Um, We're getting there. We're growing a brand. We've got great support and we continue to gain support. We're on the up and up. You know, we're not, we're not going down, we're going up. And that's a good thing, right? Absolutely. Not to say that I won't ever go back to terrestrial radio, but I will not give this up. It might not be the same format or flow. It'd be something different, but I'd keep this. You just have to find creative ways. Cre- you know, Steve Coonan, who is a big deal in Atlanta, and he's a big deal across the board, but Steve Coonan is, um, used to be president of Coca-Cola or high up at Coca-Cola. I don't know where his job title was, but... He, uh, he's involved in the Hawks. And I mean, he's just a big money guy, right? <clears throat> Nicest guy in the world. Been in his whole entire life. When he was a young man, he told me this. When I first got to town, I worked at the sports station. Uh, we interviewed him, you know, talking about the Hawks and stuff. And he says, Jason, I want to take you out to lunch. I want to, I want to explain Atlanta to you. You know, I was like, thank you, sir. I was, I was, I was, I was like honored. This guy's going to take time out of his schedule to talk to me. He just met me. He just liked me, I guess. And we went out to lunch, <clears throat> and he told me the story of when he was a young man, what he did for a living was he, he was a liquor rep. I mean, this was in the 80s, right? right? He was a liquor rep, and he was so good at it. And the company came to him and said, and he loved Atlanta, right? And I think he had just gotten married to his wife, or he had been married to his wife, Edie, or was with Edie. And uh, he, he was so good at it, they wanted to give him a promotion. It's was like, Great. But in order to take that promotion, he had to move out of the state, out of the city. He loves it here. And he always, he says, I'm never leaving. I don't want to move. Where they're like, well, this job's not going to be around anymore. So you see, either you take it or we have to fire you. He says, that's fine. I, I'm no, I don't want to work for you anymore. He's gone. He was out of a job, but had an idea. And he knew at the time that Coca-Cola, Atlanta-based, was in trouble because Pepsi was beating them. So he had an idea. To, and they, he knew that the churches somehow he knew, the church's fried chicken account, which was their biggest account, they were about to lose to Pepsi. So he called the president of Coca-Cola at the time. He called up, this is when you call up and a secretary would pick up and say, president of Coca-Cola's office, can I help you? She was on a bathroom break or something. So he picked up himself. He says hi, introduces himself, and he goes, I've got an idea for you. In order to save the church's fried chicken account, didn't know him from anything. Wow! And he's the one that created the meal deal, the five dollar meal deal. It was the at f- churches. <clears throat> he was the first person to do it, and he said, "For five dollars, you get the uh, uh,
3: two pieces, of side of biscuit and a drink."
2: But it was based off of the hawks, the Kimmy Matumbo. You get <laughs> you get the you get the you get the uh, legs, fries, and a drink. And then the Spud Webb, who were the two big stars for the Hawks at the time, you get the wings, fries, and drink for five bucks. Save saved the account. He got hired. Anyway, the moral of the story is creativity equals currency. If right. you can be creative, and everybody is creative, and we know this more now today than we ever have with the internet. You see, like, there, years ago, you would just think people that were on, in movies or on television or on the radio or on television, whatever the case may be, they were the only creative ones that existed. Because you didn't know about anybody. The internet is filled with creative people that are making tons of money just doing what they love. You just got to do what you love.
3: Yeah, I agree.
2: So that's my little... Heartfelt lesson. What are you laughing at, Brandon I'm I'm having a heart to heart. Nikki
5: knew exactly what the five dollar meal deal was.
7: She'd <laughs> been waiting her whole life for someone to ask her about know yeah. what the
5: church's it meal happens. deal is. I
7: need yeah. to know.
5: <laughs> two pieces of chicken, two sides a drink, no ice, and extra extra condiments. <laughs> and some slappy sauce. <laughs> I <all>. like chicken. <laughs> I know after the show, if I'd call like we're coming over the radio station, if I'd call Nikki, I'd be talking to her and then I'd hear, yeah, can I get a number two? Like, she would always be getting, like, something on the way home, but I didn't realize she was at the drive-thru, and so I thought she was talking to me, like, what?
3: <laughs> I don't eat breakfast. I'm always starving when I leave. <laughs> <You> nope.
5: <know.
2: laughs> uh, all right. Uh, let's get out of here. Nate, you got anything? Yeah, I actually just wanted to say thank
5: you to everybody that left me really nice messages um, about being injured and everything, so I really appreciate that, and
2: happy Friday, fuckers. There you go. Make sure that you see nate's beer chugs in harmony it's a friday thing uh either uh, well you share it with the, the show stuff too so um, yeah but uh, hansen's on hiatus and nate hansen and and all the show stuff so you can learn about your beer in 60 seconds with an amazing video that nate always does all right brandon you got anything
7: uh you can use a screwdriver as a fork Okay. Nikki, you got anything?
3: (laughs) Really quick before I leave, um, speaking about Chef Erica, I just want to throw it out to the listening audience that anybody that books with Maddie over at Suddenly Sweet Nails will get 25% off if you mention the BS.
2: Wow, look at that. Getting the free, you know, it's like plugola doesn't exist in the podcast. I just spent eight, seven (laughs) years fucking dealing with that shit. (laughs) Then she hornswoggles me to come over and lie about talking about my dad and all she wanted to do was pop Maddie's nail salon. No. (laughs)
3: You said if I had any last words.
2: Yeah, I mean, like, last words. Before you die, what would you say? If you were to die today, you're going to tell everybody about 20% off at Maddie's Place if you mentioned the BS?
3: No, I didn't get to say it earlier when you were talking about it.
2: All right. Is that it? You got anything else? That was my last words. Say something like with your meal deal. Like, it's so real. I eat my meal deal. I got (laughs) sex appeal.
3: (laughs) It's not my meal deal. I just like chicken, so I knew what it was.
2: When I touch dinghies, I kneel.
3: Eat more chicken. You know, you something like, that? like
2: that? Eat more chicken. There you go. Eat more chicken. That's fine. <laughs> <laughs> go to church and eat more chicken. How about that? All right. Uh, look, have yourself a great safe weekend. As always, we appreciate you listening. Thanks so much. Get off my lawn!
0: It's old man Kevin, and the BS is done for right now.
3: Please share, like,
0: and support. com. It's better than radio. Now, get out of here.